You're listening to episode 133 of The Comics Pals. We're a group of comic book journalists and friends who record a podcast together because we don't talk enough about comics in our daily lives. Guys, I'm having a crisis of faith right now. I don't know if the Avengers are really heroes anymore. I just saw an article this week that said the Avengers sank the Titanic. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, that was that was fact. Actually, that's how they found Captain America. Remember, he was in the ice. They crashed into it. Boom! They found him. He's in the Titanic. No, no, he was in the. He was. He was. He the, sank the Titanic. He did. He sank the Titanic. Oh, he was the cause man. of it. He was the iceberg. He was the iceberg. This is the real so end here, game. So here's the ethical question: Was it worth it? Was the trading of all of those innocent lives for Captain America to save the entire universe, was that like yes. equivalent exchange? For that ass? Yes. <laughs> oh, fair point. Fair point. Oh, what's up, Marco? That's, that's America's ass. It is America's ass. Phil, um, you will respect that ass. I, I got to say. Run up a flagpole. I'll salute it. <laughs> <laughs> I would argue that Phil is America's ass. Hell oh, yeah. In a, in a much different way. You gotta respect me too. <laughs> so ever when Phil said running up the flagpole, I just like am picturing this ceremony, right? Like in MCU canon, where like the president replaces the American flag with just a really well, you know, uh, well done picture of Cap's ass. It's it's almost like a salute your shorts. They run his yes. uh, boxer shorts up the uh, up the flagpole, yeah. and everybody salutes. <laughs> Do, do you think Captain America's boxer shorts have the American flag on them? He doesn't no, wear absolutely. boxer shorts. He wears tighty whiteies. No, oh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> boxer, no, he's probably boxer, right, man. Boxer briefs. Boxer briefs. In, in all those, Plays, uh, at least. all those, uh, all that tactical gear, you need the support, but the length at the same time, for yeah. so you don't get he, chafed. That's true. He really needs something that's going to lift and separate. That's you know? right. That's right. <laughs> now, what I'm really worried about is what was inside the iceberg that sank this titanic because i'm here i just told you captain america well (laughs) were you paying attention no i guess i wasn't i failed uh history class um and i was a history major in college uh i'm hearing that that sounds about right there's gonna be a ton of avatar monsters coming out of there (laughs) you guys haven't heard (laughs) that all right All right, cool. So this is the part where I take over. Uh, Welcome to another episode of the show, or if this is your first time listening to us, welcome to the show. We we Uh, always we always give Phil just enough rope to hang himself with. Yep, yep, exactly. And uh, it's you know, believe it or not, Avengers has been out for uh, three weeks, three weeks, and it's still the talk of the town. You can't really go on any website without seeing some kind of Avengers content. Yes, that includes Pornhub.com. It's all um, I've been seeing on MySpace. MySpace. <laughs> Dude, you need to uh, get with the times. Yeah, you gotta go on Pornhub, apparently. What's- <laughs> the only reason I go on MySpace is to look at pictures of Pete from 2008 <laughs> and laugh. Whoa! Yeah. That's a deep pull. That's right. Um, <laughs> um, in our plug section, make sure you add Sean on Pornhub.com on his social media account. Pornhub.com slash Sean Or look for me. I wasn't saying I'm on there. I was just saying, like, you know, there's a lot of 
Avengers content on there. I mean, he is on there, but he just wasn't saying that. He's looking at the Avengers content. Yeah. No. But, uh, <laughs> speaking of Avengers content, we we put out a review for the movie, and we've gotten some feedback. We've gotten some feedback. Uh, in fact, just, just of course, I want to point something out. We have a really smart fan, actually. And, a uh, smark? I want to... Sh- no. No, he's not a smark. That's a derogatory term. He's actually just a very intelligent individual. I want to pull this person's name up because I want to make sure to give them the proper credit. So, oh, thanks, Sean. No, you're not a fan. You are a mark. Uh, on <laughs> <laughs> well, that much is true. On our Facebook page, which is at the Comics Pals, Matt EV, Matt Ev, I guess, said the following. Much as the final list is strong, is strong Sean is right about Age of Ultron. Okay. Mm. Um, I don't know. That sounds like a hot take, man. Can, can I ask a question to everyone that's not Sean? Uh, are we okay with alienating some listeners? No. <laughs> I, I mean, I've been doing it since day one. So We, we know. We know. <laughs> Yeah, no, honestly, none of us can do it because Kale's just a, he, he's got to be a maverick over there. So the rest of us have to be nice. <laughs> so thank and you, Matt. The shitty thing is I can't even remember what Sean said to argue with the point. So we're stuck. We're fucking stuck. <laughs> we're stuck in this shitty world where Avengers Endgame is at the top of the box office and not Detective Pikachu. And... Sean is right about Age of Ultron, apparently. He said he likes the movie, and this guy agreed with him. And that's why they're both wrong. It's number six on my list. The appropriate That's funny, because Kale's number six in this podcast. Damn. Wow. <laughs> he got demoted. He got bumped. I don't I don't I don't even I don't even know how that happened because we're the focus isn't even on me right now. <laughs> You know that's that's a great point, Kale. <laughs> I don't honestly. Yeah, Phil just like kind of gave you a drive by on that one. Like, <laughs> I'm not arguing. You're right. <laughs> but Hold on, I, I I feel like it came out of nowhere. <laughs> I want I, I want to hear this guy out. I, I want to hear this guy out. I want to see what he has to say because he's he's maybe wrong. No, that's all he said. I mean, he is. What right. that was it? Yeah, he is, he's right. He Fuck is off. wrong, but how are no. you going to say that? He's a fan. That's so rude, Marco. Oh, man. Jesus. I thought it was God. gonna be like I thought there was an explanation or something. I thought There's there was no more need there. For one. No, it's just a fact. He's he's the type of person who comes through, speaks the truth, and leaves. And he did it, and that's it. What do you need more? If he's I'm the Batman of commenters, okay? If, if I, I agree. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, this is one of my uh old compatriots from the uh the big Glasgow comic uh group whatever they call themselves now. Um, and uh, Matt, if that's if that's true, I would definitely hear you out over a pint. And I will also fight you in a pub for that opinion. Wow. And for the pint. <laughs> so now, so, so I just, I just want to be clear about the precedent that I feel like we're setting on this show right now. So anyone who disagrees with us, we uh, shit talk and then threaten to fight. That's what we're doing now. That's that's. I, that's I the, just said I disagreed. 
I feel like we've been doing that since day one. I don't do that. Just me. I called him a genius. <laughs> well, he agreed with you. Oh, yeah, that's right. So, <laughs> in addition to that, uh, there's – so, my aunt – at my aunt's workplace, there's an individual who listens to our show. No, and really? Yes, yes. How did that happen? Who knows? Oh, is it just a fan who oh, happens shit. to work there? Or? They know uh, Sean's he, a furry. He's obsessed <laughs> with, you know, Marvel and uh, – he just wanted, you know, more podcasts to listen to, and she recommended us, and so he listens. Oh, fuck yeah. And well, thank so, you. And yeah, thanks a lot, because he was in the office raving about our, about our review episode and oh, our no. ranking episode to the point where she had to call me to talk to this guy because he wouldn't stop losing his mind. He was like yelling about it. Hell so he, yeah! So he calls me. Yeah, that's what you think. He calls oh, me. Oh no! Right, and he's he's. I'm a furry too, bro. No, no. He calls me, and I get on the phone with him, and he's like, he's like, hey, he didn't even inter- introduce himself. I don't know this person. <laughs> he's, he's like, hey, he's like, I, I was listening to your. Uh, to your Marvel rankings, who mentioned the Flash? What the hell? You guys are supposed to be you guys are supposed to be knowledgeable. You have a podcast. You're talking about the Flash, and I was like, okay, no one mentioned the Flash. He's like, <laughs> are you sure? Do you want me to go back and listen to it again? And I was like, yes, I do. I definitely do. <laughs> he got your ass. I know. So, and I'm thinking back, like, damn, is Marco really? That much of a non-fan? He doesn't know that no. The Flash is not Marvel? But I'm like, no, Marco wouldn't out? do that. Marco wouldn't do that. So, he, so he's complaining about that. And then he goes, and then I, I wanted to hear you guys review Avengers Endgame. And I clicked on the episode. And you're talking about free comic book day? I don't want to hear about free comic book day. I was like, well, uh, all right. <laughs> My man, time codes are in the show notes. <laughs> I told him that. And he was like, I don't even know how to scrub on Apple Podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, I don't this think you can do like that. a you problem, bro. I know. He was like, I don't, think I, I don't think you can do that. And I said, no, you definitely can. I use it myself. You definitely can. And we have the time codes in there for you. Uh, have you ever listened to our show before? That's what we do. And he was like, well, maybe you shouldn't promote a review for a movie if you're going to talk about free comic book day. I was like, all right, bro, whatever. So then he starts talking about our rankings. And he asked me, what was our top five? And so I told he, him. So he didn't listen to the episode? He didn't He didn't finish it or whatever. He was in the process, but he was losing his mind. So <laughs> I, I guess he didn't get up to the part where we you know, revealed that. So I, was, I, I told him what our top five was. And... He goes, okay, okay, I like your top five, but Captain America, the Winter Soldier should be number one, and it's not, so you guys are wrong. And I said, okay. <laughs> it's like, get your own podcast, bro. I said, okay. I, like, we don't. I don't disagree. So he, he did, he sent me a list, he sent me a list of what his uh, top five was, or well, he sent me his entire ranking. Sure. But I'm not going to do all that here. That's ridiculous. But uh, he had uh, Iron Man at number five, 
The Avengers at number four, Endgame at number three, Black Panther number two, and of course, Winter Soldier at number one. Wait, He's, what if Winter Soldier hadn't been number one? <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> like, what, if it, what if it was like Ant-Man? <laughs> so, uh, I believe his name was Steven. He never told me his name. My aunt told me his name. If you're listening to this, uh, thanks for giving me about three minutes of material. I appreciate that, dude. <laughs> Call me anytime. It, by the sound of it, this guy went home, punched a wall several times, and probably, I don't know if he's married or what, but he probably, this no. is probably the... I know it, like and it. I don't know it. I just know it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Frank, yeah, frankly, by the sound of the story Sean laid out, it doesn't even sound like he went home and did it. He just stayed at the office and punched all the walls. <laughs> and he he probably was really mad. Like he this probably kept him up all night. He's like, I can't believe those guys didn't have Winter Soldier at number one. He didn't make it that far. Well, so when I got home this morning, my aunt said that the other workers thanked me for taking his call so that he would stop what he was doing. Tremendous. <laughs> That's a Damn, you're the that real is. hero. That's right. So this is giving me an idea for a business. I feel like we should set up a hotline where if there's an annoying nerd in your office, you just make them call it and they can talk to us instead of, you know, bothering everyone else. Sure. Can talk I'll, to as, Sean. I'll I'll do it. Why not? I'll record the calls. We can we can post those. <laughs> we, we'll monetize this shit front and back. Yeah. Absolutely. We charge we charge by the hour for Sean's time and then we post the show with ads. <laughs> it's it's the nerd help uh hotline. There's 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 a business I, there for sure. I am willing to give out my number live on the air for people <laughs> to call me to interact. No solicitation. But if you want to chat, I'm down. So let's uh, let's jump <laughs> into dangerous. our. Oof. I, I mean, listen. What's the worst thing that could happen, right? <laughs> Talk to some. That's Pandora's box is right there. <laughs> I guess. I mean, yeah, I can you always get, change my number. You get some weird dudes sending you nudes. They're like, Sean, right. I feel very close to you now. As long as they understand that those nudes are going to be seen by <laughs> all of the comics pals. Uh, and that I'm going to start a Reddit subreddit for every nude that I receive. No, this is a bad road, Sean. Listen, <laughs> you can send me whatever you want, but once it's in my hands, whatever it I do with on. it is up to me. I'm just saying. If you're a guy, if you're a guy, if you're a girl, then I don't want those because I have a girlfriend. I don't, you know, listen, leave me alone, right? I'm not soliciting nudes. Yo, no, right? Of course not. What? <laughs> trying to get me in trouble. Listen, let's do some pals pulls. <laughs> no, I'm trying to not Ooh. get you in trouble. <laughs> Marco chose last stop on the red line, number one. So this is a Dark Horse book, um, and that's what like just attracted me to it. I've been I really like what Dark Horse has been coming out with recently. Uh, a lot of their stuff is just kind of off the walls and kind of weird. And this one, so I wanted to read the description. Detective Migdalia Torres uh, investigates a vicious strangling on a Boston subway car with no feasible leads. As potential evidence produces dead ends, uh, Migdalia inadvertently takes in a vagrant named Yusuf who may have supernatural connections to the crime at hand. Uh, it's written by Paul Mayberry and Sam Lotfi. 
colorist John Rausch, uh, who I think we recently reviewed something that he was on because I, I remember that name. Um, but it sounds dope. The cover image is awesome. Um, so I'm going to pick it up. Kel, were you as disappointed as I was that when he said detective, it wasn't Pikachu? Always. That's my that's my life now. Mm. No, that sounds cool, though. I'm jealous of Marco's Spanish tongue. Yes. I'm also Spanish, but his tongue is so much more well-developed than mine. That's for sure. That's very clear. <laughs> Probably for different reasons, though. Hey. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, and then uh, you also chose Bitterroot Volume 1. So Bitterroot, I picked up a couple months back with the number one. Um, and I liked it. I, I use the number ones as like little sort of trailers for what I feel like the rest of the the arc might be. So I'm going to get this trade just because I, I want to see that full story. The issue number one was really strong and it pulled me in. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to wait for this one and wait till it's collected. Mm. Is this uh, David F. Walker? It's, yes. Mm. And Chuck Brown and Sanford Green. Oh, yeah, sure. David F. Walker has a hit on his hands with uh, Naomi. Yeah. That book is... It's, it's, I went to Midtown Comics, and it was sold out. Really? And, yeah, and I asked wow. the, the clerk... What's up with Naomi? Like, is it a really good book? And then another clerk from the other side of the aisle was like, no. He's like, no, it's not that. It's just speculation. It's all speculation. It's fake news. I was like, all right, bro. <laughs> Got you. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, what's, what's fake news? I asked a, I asked a question. <laughs> I don't know. I don't Someone know. Someone lives in a weird Twilight Zone world. <laughs> real. <laughs> So, it. it only took us 130 episodes to get here, but finally Sean's getting some recognition. Yeah. <laughs> so, Kale chose Usagi Yojimbo Sage Volume 8. Yeah, so uh, I really uh, just wanted to take this opportunity to uh, uh, bring up Usagi Yojimbo. These are the only collections I will ever own. Uh, the, the It's the continuing story of the... Uh, the wandering Ronin Usagi, um, as he just goes uh, through his life as a you know a, a samurai, um, just this is the it's the rabbit, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, it's all it's all uh, uh, animal based characters, uh, you know, anthropomorphized whatever, um, and it's set in feudal Japan. Um, it's so good. This series is so good. It's so atmospheric, and the um, Stan Sakai is just so fucking talented. Um, I highly recommend these uh, these collections. Is your uh, beloved Detective Pikachu in this book, Kale? Well, he is. Oh shit! Right. Ryan Reynolds is in this book. Yeah, it's it's Damn. wild. Stan Sakai, you know, called that one like twenty years ago. Well, shit. It's like when the Simpsons predicted Donald Trump would be president. Yep. Genius is over there at the Simpsons. They get everything right. Wow. It's scary. Except, except how to keep a good show going. Hey! 
From Phil, we've got Wonder Woman by Brian Azzarello and Cliff Chang, the Omnibus. Uh, that's right, folks. Nice. Is it a, is it a Phil poll? Then it's got to be an Omnibus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, this is one of the. That. Thank you, sir. Uh, as our listeners know, I have impeccable taste. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this is. Yes, Pete. I was just like the the pausing on that. I was like, "Are you about to introduce a wrestler?" Like, impeccable <laughs> days. <laughs> Leave the listeners on bated breath. Um, and that's what this book does too, because in thirty six exciting issues, in one of the highlights of the New Fifty Two, we see Wonder Woman and her interactions with the Greek pantheon in a really satisfying way. Um, and this kind of thing hadn't really been done with Wonder Woman before, where they really delve deeper into the Greek uh, mythology aspect of her character. Um, this is a great Azarella book, and um, uh, I don't know if it's like I wouldn't describe it as the you know uh, ultimate Wonder Woman book, but it's a damn good one. And I've been waiting for an omnibus for some time. So if you're like me, it's worth picking up. It's a hundred dollars. It's interesting. I this is the definitive run for me, like uh, yeah, just because of like that, where, dude. like just because of where I entered comics. This is very like how I define Wonder Woman. But see that that makes sense to me though because I think for a lot of people their first introduction to a character is inevitably most times their definitive interpretation of that character. Yeah, um, this I mean this run is very well regarded, and. I actually am probably going to pick this up, too. Oh, there you go. See? Everyone here has impeccable taste. I don't have $100. Shut the fuck up, motherfucker. Oh, my. (laughs) Kids listen to this podcast. Well, now they know a few new words. (laughs) (laughs) It's educational. Like, impeccable. (laughs) And then, uh, <laughs> then I chose Daredevil number five. Daredevil has been really good. This we is Zdarsky, right? Yes, yeah. yes. We have not addressed this series since it started, but I wanted to put it out there how good it is. Um, Chip Zdarsky, I, I had questions about how he was going to handle Daredevil just because it's he, he's... A, a very dynamic creator. He can go a lot of different ways. And he's chosen the serious route with this book, but it's not uh, it's not bleeding edge serious, if you will. Um, and th- that's been working for you? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, um yeah. that's re- I'm really glad to hear you say that. I was I was interested in this book too, and when you said you were gonna jump on it, I was kinda waiting to see what you said, and when you hadn't brought it up, I was like, eh, maybe he didn't think too highly of it. So I'm, I'm really glad that you're into this. Um, to give this a shot. Pete, you interviewed him at New York Comic Con, right? <clears throat> I sure did. So he was, <laughs> he was, he was really funny. That's, uh, that's actually my picture for Pete on my phone. Hell is, yeah! Uh, is his, it's just me and Chip. <laughs> it's it's mostly Chip, but it's 
Pete's in there somewhere. What do you just uh, like mean? He got like right into the camera while he was eating yeah. a lollipop. Yeah, it was awesome. Was so <laughs> My cool. man was tired and unhinged. Um, Sean, I'll tell you what. This I've I've been wondering about this book for a while. Um, hearing you say that is very reassuring. Uh, I will pick this up along with the other four issues and read this as well. Yeah, because I've been waiting. It. I've been waiting for a good Daredevil run since Mark Wade left, and his run kind of fell off toward the end anyway. It sure did. Marco Giacchetto is the artist on this book. One of my favorite artists. I think he's brilliant. He's doing a great job on Daredevil. There was a pretty cool appearance by the Punisher. A little uh, guest starring appearance. And uh, it's off in to a four or? In three and four. Cool. Um, Sweet, man. Yeah, you got me excited about this. That's yeah. awesome. I'm really glad to hear that you're enjoying it. And then another book that I'm enjoying that I am going to shout out because I haven't done so yet is Uncanny X-Men number 18. So... I haven't loved anything that I've re- read by the X-Men in a while. It's been a long time since I've I've really cared much. But this run, I feel like, has been great. I look yeah. forward to it every week. It's a weekly book somehow. And I look and forward to it. And it's that good? And the X-Men me. are writing it? No. No. <laughs> Wait, who They're is drawing it. it? Matthew yeah, Rosenberg is writing it. Mm-hmm. And then the artist sense. rotates. Um, this upcoming issue will be Carlos Villa, but it's it's been it's been really really cool. They they basically killed off maybe eighty percent of the mutants that we know, and so it's just kind of like life after that. And the mutants are existing in almost a post apocalyptic world for them. The rest of the world is fine. Everything else is normal. It's just that their world is at an end because they're all gone pretty much. And so it's really interesting to see them exist in a space where anyone can die and it feels like anything can happen. I know some people were mad about the last issue. Whatever. I'm still happy with this book. So that's all I got. Let's do some news. How about that? We've got a double offering of trailers to talk about this week, both of which I think are very interesting in their own right, and I'm excited to dive in. First, we've got the Watchmen trailer. Oh, I we've thought you were going to say Venom 2. I wish. We got <laughs> our first trailer. Venom. <laughs> <laughs> our first trailer for HBO's Watchmen. By David Lindelof. Uh, it's, a, it's a minute and 20 seconds of one of the most annoying things I've ever heard, which is the TikTok gimmick in the TikTok, trailer. TikTok, TikTok, TikTok. Other than that, <laughs> I want to hear what you guys have to say about this deal. This is a weird spinoff series, in my opinion, to Game of Thrones. I thought that would be a really weird way for those characters to go. Um, did not realize Westeros sure looks different, huh? Yeah. Um, I definitely know what that means. Um, <laughs> um, and the fact that the Stark family is teaming up with Ozzy Mandias, don't get it, don't understand it, don't know why he's sitting on the Iron Throne. Um, but shit, uh, we'll see what happens. It could be good, I guess. 
I, the problem I, with this bit, Phil, is that you played yourself. Because if you had just agreed with me about Westeros, people would have thought that you knew what you were talking about. Everyone knows have I'm you, not. Everyone knows I'm an expert on the Game of Thrones. Because it's all about the game and how you play it with that show. So I think, like, uh, I know a lot of the conversation we've had in the past has been about, like, whether or not, or how faithful it should be to adapt. And this is obviously diverting away from a lot. And so I think I'm I'm interested to give it that chance because that's something that mm-hmm. I was looking for in the first place. Like, I was not I was looking for something that, especially since it, it is David Lindelof, like, taking elements of it and, and infusing it into a show that can like pull in that that can live in that world so i think for for me this is something that i saw and i was like okay i want to see what they're going to deliver just because this is something new this is something different and that's something that i wanted so i'm gonna i'm gonna dive into that hell yeah man george R. R. martin can be esteemed as he wants let hbo do what they want with the with the watchman characters hell yeah dude all right, so I want to just jump in on something Marco said real quick, and I I, you don't, I, I don't it, know though. if you, I, I don't know if you know this or 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 what, but this is actually a sequel to Watch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And a lot of people have been confused by that. I feel like HBO. I don't feel like they've advertised that super well. They haven't advertised the show really at all. It's just based on David Lindelof interviews that you read if you read, and. Right. Um, otherwise, this is the first real big thing we've seen from this show, and the trailer doesn't tell you really what's going on at all. You kind of have to know, and I think that's a weird – that's going to be a weird issue going forward. Yeah, I, I agree. That was kind of my takeaway from the trailer overall was like it it didn't really say much. Like it laid threads like who are – you know, who is this gang of Rorschach you know, clones or, or, you know, like successors or whatever, like, you know, it set, it sets up some questions and, and some things that are like, okay, I guess this is what we're going to be exploring in like, you know, the, this new kind of era of the Watchmen universe. But like, I don't know, at the same time for a show that is so like, it's just called Watchmen, but it's not an adaption and it is like moving forward the timeline. I think they probably should have like made a better effort to communicate that and like make like kind of set expectations for people. I don't know, man. I, I think our culture is a little too far gone with stuff like that. I think it's, we're not, I think we've lost the ability to just watch things for what they are. You know, where we already want expectations to the thing that came out 30 years ago now. I, I just, uh, I don't know. That's I, that's a weird thing to say, I think. I'm not sure what you mean, Kill. It just, like, I think it, I, there's an element to it that is like, It's part of like the spoiler conversation, but it's it's like, you know, just I guess what I mean is like what I'm saying is let something be. You know, we haven't even seen the show yet. Yeah, but th- well, that's kind of my point though, right? Is that like this ex- this exists as people's first taste of it that like if you're not somebody like us that follows this kind of news, you probably don't even know that this show exists. 
So I feel like for it to come out and not really like, I feel like it's like a minute and a half and it doesn't really say very much. I think what Kale's trying to say is that it doesn't. It this is not supposed to necessarily say anything. It's just supposed to like be be what it is as a taste of what you're gonna get. Mm. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, more or less. I, like, I, I in like a and and in a general sense, like I I don't see why it needs to. You know the the show itself is called Watchmen. I don't see why it needs to be advertised as a sequel. I is well, is what I'm saying. I guess what I'm saying is that like because that's what it is, and like I think it's like if the if this is supposed to be the trailer. Like that, like Sean said, that gives people their first look at the show. Um, I feel like that's its job, you know. Like I don't think the show itself needs to, you know, um, like bend over backwards to explain that necessarily. But I think marketing material should probably be clear about what you're trying to sell, right? Like I think I, I okay. I think it's it's similar to what I always say about what I've said about the past two Avengers films. Uh, okay. how they just show Captain America and Tony Tony Stark at the beginning of the of the trailer. You remember you remember me saying that how it's just like okay, well, there's that fucking answered. Oh sure, sure. I think this does that does what I want it to. It leaves you with a lot more questions than answers. Like I don't. I think I think it is setting something up, but I think it's. It's doing its job in that it's giving you questions. So I, I agree with you, like, personally, but I think for, like, what the purpose of this trailer is, like, at least in my mind should be, like, uh, I don't feel like it's doing a good job of that for somebody who's uninitiated. So there's a – sorry, let me just jump in here. There's a middle ground, and the middle ground is that this show is going to be on HBO that doesn't necessarily have – the baked-in comic book audience that they might expect if the show is airing on, like, CW. So because of that, there are a lot of people who don't know and don't care what Watchmen is as a brand or an IP prior to this trailer. And so it might not do them any favors to tie it so distinctly to something that came before that no one has an awareness of. Maybe it's better to just show you like this is some weird stuff what's going on here people with masks do you like superheroes what the heck is this and then we've got you now here's what this is based on go buy the book come back in 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 november or whatever and check this out so that's where i'm left as with the curiosity aspect so there's been a lot of jokes and a lot of publishing of material about how after Game of Thrones is over in a couple weeks, people are going to be canceling HBO in droves because the only reason they had HBO is because they wanted to watch Game of Thrones and finish Game of Thrones because it's this cultural moment. Um, I am surprised that they're not backing this show more to try to keep people from canceling their subscriptions because Watchmen is a major property um watchman is the only graphic novel with the distinction of being in the new york times top 100 books of all time list that kind of thing and it's not just distinct for that but it, this is this is something that has a little more weight and 
credence to it to, uh, you know, like maybe an HBO audience or something. Um, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter to me that it's, you know, loyal to the source material or not. It's just I'm surprised, promotionally speaking, that they're not putting more behind this. Promotionally speaking, but when does it come out? Fall. I mean, it's it's still early May, so yes. I don't like you know. If anything, they'll get boosted numbers if they make the show good. That's also not reflective of HBO's way. HBO. I've been a follower of HBO for twenty years. They will promote this show when Game of Thrones is over. Mm. Yeah. Right. They want that's their that's what they're promoting now. They don't want to get in the way of that messaging. Yeah. And they'll prob they'll probably make that first episode free and that'll get a ton of people. There's also like you know, I, I don't think that they are worried about like yeah, their subscriptions are definitely gonna drop off after Game of Thrones, but promoting Watchmen won't keep people subscribed over the summer. You know? Like they'll come back in the fall and save thirty dollars or whatever. And maybe that's like that's the the way to, to mitigate that, right? Like you gotta lock those people in now who came in at that lower level who are then gonna like afterwards, you know, after the if they're hooked in by the show, they're gonna keep their uh the subscription. Alright. So just any any thoughts on the actual trailer though? Like the content? I all right. I, I go back and forth on this show. Uh, for me, it's a it's a hard swing of eh, more Watchmen content to the end of the trailer where Nash Bridges shows up, and I'm like, oh fuck, it's a new Nash Bridges show. I'm here. <laughs> God, you sound a thousand years old. <laughs> yeah, I didn't I didn't have a strong reaction to this trailer. Um, I'm not like. I'm not necessarily down on this series, but I'm also not inherently interested in it. Um, if it comes out and it's like, you know, good, it's got good buzz or whatever. I watched the first episode and it hooks me fine. Um, I'll give it a shot, but I'm not like overly hyped for it. And this trailer didn't change my mind. Like it, it laid some interesting threads, like I said before, but nothing that like, nothing that like really stood out to me. So I, I'm into it. For more. I, I'm into it. I, I, I like HBO content. I know it's I know it's good that they, they have you know great production they have good directors, um, so I I think that if they're gonna and especially who's coming on to it like the creative talent behind it uh, or the talent behind it, I think it's more than worth giving a try for me, um, especially since I have the service I'm I, I'm definitely just gonna I'm gonna watch it it's it's more content that's aligned with stuff that I want which is Big Bang Theory. Which is like derived from the from the more superhero comic book stuff, right? It, it's not the stuff that we have in abundance already. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Um. I agree. I. I'm looking forward to this show. I don't really need to see anything at all of it before it comes out because. I have no idea what to expect, really. And I don't know that a trailer is going to change that or needs to. There are so many things about Watchmen that to have a sequel to it 
we need answers to, and a trailer just cannot answer all those questions. So I'm perfectly. And con- you wouldn't really want it to, right? Like, of course not. You want to see that in the show? Yeah. So it's kind of like fuck it. <laughs> I'm content with, you know, these little snippets. They give me a whole lot of nothing, yeah. uh, and uh, I'll I'll be there when it de- debuts. Yeah, I'll definitely give it the pilot. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So the other trailer that we have to talk about is Swamping. The... No. What? We did that. All right. Did we? <laughs> yeah, we did. The new one that <laughs> dropped only two days ago? Oh, we didn't talk about that. Oh, okay. Let's talk about it. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Yo. moving on. Oh. So the so the Spider-Man Far From Home trailer, yeah. this might as well be the first trailer because the first trailer that we got was a whole lot of nothing compared and to this. Lies. And, yeah. Um, this trailer opens with Tom Holland being very not American, not Peter Parker, and letting us know... That the trailer has some big time spoilers in it for Avengers Endgame. And that if you haven't seen the movie, you should tune out. If you haven't seen the movie, are you on Earth? I don't understand how you haven't seen it. But they did post this uh, spoiler warning. And then it gets into the trailer that really goes in heavy on Spider-Man's emotional state post. You know, we're doing spoilers. Sorry if you haven't seen it. The death of Tony Stark. What? Yeah. Holy shit! I didn't know that happened. The band's yeah, over. Get crazy, over it. Right? My mom told me he was sleeping. Your mom lied. Oh, she, had no. to, she had to take him out to a special farm. Oh. <laughs> he already lived on a special farm. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, like I said, this this trailer talks about that. It talks about. Um, uh, what life is like for Peter after the end game. There are lots of questions about how every single kid that he was in high school with is still in high school, which somehow people are still struggling with. Um, yeah, this trailer goes into a lot. It's uh, two minutes and 58 seconds. What did you guys make of this trailer? Uh, I mean, I think the the, the biggest takeaway... Um was like the the kind of acknowledgement i guess in universe of a multiverse um which is cool it's really hype but i'm like kind of disappointed that they put that in the trailer just like i'm kind of disappointed that they put the moment of like mj calling him out on being spider-man in the trailer it's like they're i get it they're good beats for a trailer but it's like those are moments i think i would have rather my man like had happened in in the movie that's what i'm saying you gotta go watching these trailers they give you the whole fucking movie well that's the thing is like most of the mcu movies don't do that not but that's wholly inaccurate okay um but these are cut by sony and they've definitely been way more guilty of it i think um so yeah that that was kind of my my big disappointment for it is like i wasn't going to watch it but I knew that there was something really significant about it that we needed to talk about. So it was like, all right, whatever, I'll watch it. And then it was like, wow, I wish they hadn't done all those things in the trailer. I, I still think that Mysterio is the villain somehow. 
in the sense that he's playing. I think so too. Like, like, sure. like that. He that's 100% why, like, is. Well, but like, that's why there is no multiverse. Like, he's bullshitting stuff. He's he's maybe illusioning. What's his face? Uh, Fury. Like, I I I think it's a the the multiverse thing is to kind of throw us off. Yeah. See, I, I agree that I don't think he's from another dimension, but I think that the implication that there's a multiverse is going to um, remain true. Because the that Elseworlds, or not Elseworlds, <laughs> the What If show uh, that they announced is supposed to be like in the MCU as well. So it's like, I feel like, I don't know that it's necessarily going to be like the next major arc of the MCU, which we'll talk about later, but um, I, I think that he's using that to trick them, but I think it's still going to be true. Hmm. That's my theory. I think that that could be the case. I, I don't think that that's out of the realm of possibility. My predisposition is to not believe anything that comes out of Mysterio's mouth. So I'm just, I'm erring on the side of not believing him. Now, the fact that Nick Fury believes it, he has a little more power in terms of being able to know the validity of something like that. He's not just going to outright trust what Mysterio says. Uh, But I do believe that the monsters they're fighting are illusions. We've talked about that on the show. And I don't believe that Mysterio himself is from the multiverse. However, one point that I want to bring up that makes this possible, and this could be done deliberately on their part, but the Spider-Man marvel comics event that sees miles morales and peter parker team up actually um the the main villain is mysterio so it's a it's the ultimate version of mysterio that they have to team up to beat oh that's cool so and he if i, I haven't read it in a long time but I'm, i think he crosses over yeah. into our time and Miles helps, and he crosses over too. So that's how that all goes. And I believe that they're probably piggybacking off of that on some level here. Whether or not that means Mysterio's actually from another timeline, who knows? Could be, though, they use that to introduce Miles. We'll talk about that later as well. As for the trailer, I really enjoyed it. I understand uh, your criticisms, Pete. Uh, I didn't think about the the Mary Jane call out when I first saw the trailer. Now that you mention it, I agree with you. I just accept it at this point. You know, what are we going to do? Yeah, yeah. It's like it's not like it ruins the movie or anything like that. But it's like they played that bit for humor. And it's like that would have been a lot more surprising if it just happened in the movie. Yeah. Now it's like, okay, we know. We know that she, she knows. And okay. All right. What I will say is that. I was not excited about this movie. I lost my my interest really quick. The first trailer just I don't know what it is, but it just like did it for me. I felt like it's bland. Yeah. I like, felt like I it's I'd, clear that they were holding all this stuff back. Right. And so now that we have all this and it's gonna address the future, we know that it takes place after Avengers Endgame and not before, which was my initial theory. This is more what I want to see. So I'm hyped, wow. definitely. Oh, well, yeah. that's, well, that's where we differ, at least. That that definitely made me a lot more interested in it. Go um, on, Phil. I have no interest in seeing another Marvel movie for another, like, five years after Endgame. 
That's just the reality. Oh, yeah, I'm, that's real. That's real. No, it is. I said it after we watched Endgame. That is a conclusion of like a, of a chapter. It's the same thing with Star Wars. After episode nine, I need a break from this stuff. Um, in addition to that, you know, I wasn't crazy about Homecoming, so why would I be crazy about another Tom Holland Spider-Man movie? Very little interest. Fair enough. I just, I mean, you read comics, right? When a, when an arc ends, another one starts. There is no break. I don't understand that. I, you watch well, wrestling; I take, it's the same way. And you take people take breaks from wrestling, and they take breaks from uh, from uh, comics too. I took a break for, after Final Crisis. You know, like you need breaks yeah, but, after big things. I mean, I guess you could take a break, but the machine's gonna keep going. Oh, I know it's gonna keep going, baby. <laughs> Nothing I could do about it. Um, but yeah, I, I agree with you, Sean. Um, I definitely... Like, you know, obviously we, we review these movies I was going to see either way. Like, And I'm a Spider-Man fan, so I'm imagining I would get something out of it. But I was really, really disappointed by the idea of it like being pre... Um, the conclusion or even... you know, I, I, The fact that it would be earlier in the timeline was something that really turned me off. Because it's like, I don't want to go see that after Endgame. You know, and like, I still wish it wasn't happening after Endgame, but the fact that it is actually forward in the timeline, it's like, okay, I mean, I still think it's weird timing for it, but that definitely got me right. I'm with you. We're like, I'm I'm back in, I'm invested. And, you know, I'm glad that we get a 10 month break after Spider-Man, but I, I could, uh, I, I could definitely get down for this one. I liked it's the first Spider-Man movie. I like Tom Holland as Spider-Man. Yep. I, I'm gonna go watch it. Like, it was good. Would you watch it, Marco, if you weren't on this podcast? Yeah, probably. I think I enjoyed it the first, uh, the first one that much. Cool. Very good. Marco generally likes the MCU movies. Like, he plays up the superhero <laughs> hate, but it's like in general, like they're all right. They're cool. I feel like the worst <laughs> review you've ever given one of them is like a seven or something. It's like probably. that's not that bad. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, the good thing is we don't have long to wait for this film. It comes out July 2nd, so right around the corner, pretty much. And then we have our drought, as Pete mentioned, which, again, we're going to talk about more. We're going to talk about our our ideas for where the MCU is going, and we're going to address the fact that they just announced the slate of films that's upcoming. So uh, we do have a lot to talk about. Uh, with this trailer, though, what's interesting is it's been announced that theater chains are going to start playing this trailer after Avengers Endgame, which is completely non-traditional. That's never oh. been done before. But because the trailer is so spoiler-heavy, they really can't play it in front of a movie because it will just spoil Avengers Endgame, which is ridiculous. So it's kind of going to act as the post credit scene for oh, Avengers Endgame. Yeah. I like that idea. It's cool. It's unique. Yeah. And I think it solves what would otherwise be a big problem. No matter where you fall on the line of, of spoiler culture, uh, if a movie if a movie was about to play and a trailer that spoiled everything <laughs> for the movie you're about to watch came on right before, you'd be pissed. I can't imagine yeah. anyone who would be happy with that. Yeah, it's Kale. a unique problem. Kale's actually experienced that, right? I have, yep. Thor Ragnarok, yeah. The uh, the local theater <laughs> I uh, I was at in, uh, in in New Zealand was like a block away from the Weta Workshop where they do a lot of the special effects and stuff. 
and they put together a, a cool like VHS 90 style uh, reel of the stuff that happens in Thor Ragnarok and it spoiled the whole movie <laughs> amazing absolutely amazing so let's jump over to the world of comics which of course we love to talk about and this next piece of news I don't know what to make of Oni Press and Lion Forge are merging. It was announced earlier this week in the New York Times that these two publications will be joining forces in order to combat the changing landscape of the comic book industry. Uh, the New York Times did a very nice piece where they kind of um, laid out what this merger is for why they're doing it and it talks about how the ways in which uh this merger is inspired by how comics have just gotten bigger over the last few years and how lion forge and oni really need to do something different in order to thrive in this environment um for context in march 2019 which was a big month for comics Oni was the 10th ranked publisher for Diamond with a point a 0.74 dollar share and ninth in unit share with 0.64 and Lionforge wasn't even ranked in the top 10. Yep. That sounds about right. So do you think this is a needle mover at all? I I think what what's interesting is Oni Press is also not distributing through Diamond. They're one of those publishers that decided to leave Diamond overall. So uh, also last week we talked about the way that uh, sales were working out. Uh, and I'm trying to pull up the article, but I believe that book sales were increasing for comic books, right? Like that's yeah, where like yeah. the bookstores. So, yeah. so it could be that the move on Oni Press's end has been beneficial to the extent that they're willing to merge with Lionforge, who continues to distribute comics through uh, Diamond and potentially merge so that way they can cut costs that way or maybe they can have, you know, be in the market on both fronts, something along those lines. Um, but I, I thought I thought it was a, a smart move specifically because Oni Press isn't affiliated or doesn't distribute through Diamond. Right. Yeah, so... This move, here's the problem, and and we've talked about this on the show before on some level, but I think it bears repeating. I believe that the comics industry is not big enough for all of the publishers that exist. Every single week, hundreds of new titles come out between graphic novels and you know floppies. It's a lot. It's a lot. And it's a lot for any, you know, whether you're a newcomer, whether you're, you know, a seasoned store goer, you walk in there. I don't even bother to look at what's on the stands. I, I already know what I want when I go in and I only buy that. There is no let me see what's new because, first of all, where I go, there's too many people. But putting that aside... Um, there's so many books. I can't, I'm not going to go and sit around and look at all the new books, figure out what I want, especially if it's a graphic novel. It's a graphic novel. I don't even see it. If it's a new graphic novel, I don't even see it. So 
I feel like this is a great move on the part of Oni and Lionforge in the sense that it will allow them to pool their resources and figure out a, a strategy for content that makes sense in the market as it currently is. What I'm curious about, and I hope we get answers soon, is that Lionforge was about to launch a shared universe that was going to be spearheaded by Gail Simone. Is that still true? I assume it is. How does that factor into this this whole merger situation? So I, I have some thoughts on this. I, I think if, if you look at the New York Times article and, and like some of the quotes for what the reasoning is, it, it, it seems like it makes more sense. It makes a lot of sense why these two companies, I think, are coming together. Um, and what you're talking about, Sean, I would imagine they'll probably just have like whether or not they put it all under one banner remains to be seen, right? Like if they're going to like merge in like a when Square and Enix came together and became Square Enix, or is it going to be like there's an Oni imprint and a Lion Forge imprint? It's like a parent, maybe they do like a parent company or something. Sure, and that that's something that you know definitely remains to be seen but i i think like what they're talking about here it, it makes a lot of sense right because with lion forge that aggressive expansion with wanting to do their own shared universe with gail simone is because i think of what you talked about like they're not a top 10 company and i i they're not they're not a company with a lot of like standout breakout successes i don't think and like oni press might not have um you know not, might not have had a hit since Scott Pilgrim that's matched that level of mass market penetration. They do have a lot of like valuable um, like partnerships. You know, like they do the Rick and Morty comic, which is really popular. Um, so like they've had a lot of success. They yeah, they manga. do manga, like, and they do have good creator owned titles. But I think they've kind of struggled to have the quality stuff in their library hit that greater cultural relevance that Scott Pilgrim did thanks to like that Wright movie back in, you know, 2010. Um, but like, they're still a big publisher. And I think like, we know that Lion Forge, in addition to wanting to do the, um, the shared universe has also, they launched that company, uh, polarity to like work on adapting their characters and there's a lot of talk about like mixed media in this article. And I, I imagine that's part of the probably the desire is that like Oni seems to have the publishing arm stuff down and Lionforge is trying to establish the resources to adapt properties, which they have a nice library of. That are just kind of like not been totally leveraged as much as they could. So like it, it does seem like a pretty good match. But I don't know, it, it's always like it's always tough for me to like get excited about mergers like this. But in comics, it is different. And I really do agree with Sean. I don't feel like there's as much space for everybody. I I uh, don't. I think uh, similar to video games, I think uh, I think we're going to see a lot of loss um, of, of talent, um, especially behind-the-scenes talent like editors. I've seen a lot of editors on Twitter uh, that have, you know, come out and said, yeah, I've, I've lost completely lost my job now uh thanks to this merger so and and these are these are people who who have a reputation for being uh quality uh diverse you know uh talent um and i think with oni press and lion lion forge being 
sort of, I don't know, uh, this, it's hard to say they're the spearhead, but like that's kind of their whole jam is, you know, having talent and, and putting talent out there that, that is different from everyone else and giving those people the, that position I think losing a lot of that is gonna uh, is is probably gonna hurt them as well. Well, it's always weird when you mix business with the arts, because the realities of business are often not favorable to the art element of it. And I think that you know no one is ever gonna celebrate, or at least I'm not, and no one on this podcast is gonna celebrate anyone losing their job if it's not you know because of something that they did wrong um you know this is just just because they're not good like there's nothing worse than someone who's capable losing their job yeah this is not that's not reason to celebrate but if this move is going to help only in line forge reach a bigger audience or be able to do more in the space then that's a win for them and then if those people who lost their jobs are talented they will find other work and i don't say that to be callous or to dismiss their losses because it sucks but that's just kind of the way it goes and neither one of these companies can be expected to not try and grow just because they want to keep these people at their jobs i'm sure they did everything they could not to fire people but that's what that's what happens you can also make the argument right that like if this restructure if they see this restructuring as necessary to the vitality of their future um long term those people might have been out of jobs anyway or at least maybe at lionforge maybe probably not at oni or worse used to say right right or or um if it goes well and, the, and to Sean's point, they do reach a bigger market share or find more success in other media avenues that inject capital into the company that will allow them to further the goals that you talked about, Kale. You know, about making that content and giving platforms to a, a more diverse group of creators. You know? Um, mm. At least that's the hope, right? Yeah, I guess uh, I guess it's it's tough for me to see that when when the people who have already laid that foundation to some degree are now gone you know now it's just the regular old white guys in suits that's not true the owner of lion forge is black guys in suits <laughs> hey listen man you know um isn't sorry I was going to say, isn't the senior leadership of Oni a woman? Also, that's not true, Kale. None of them own suits. The editor-in-chief of, of the publisher, the new publisher that comes out of this, will be, actually be Sarah Gatos, who right, is who very talented. Right, who is the president. Yeah. And she's the president of – she was the president of Oni, right? I believe so. Yeah. So I don't, I don't think that that point stands. I think that this, this looks already – like a positive like like there's no slowing of that agenda based on who's in charge so i'm not worried about that i feel like i can trust that dave stewart who runs lion forge is going to continue to hire people who look like him or who look not like 
the dominant, you know, majority. And I believe that Sarah Gatos will continue to do the same thing because they've already been doing it. And and again, it remains to be seen. Hopefully, this merger proves positive. Yeah. We're probably not. You never gonna, know with stuff like this. We're probably not going to see the results of it for some time now. But in an industry that is shifting and changing, I feel like dramatically over the last two years with new people entering the game, it feels like at a rapid pace. Hopefully, this positions Oni and Line Forge to do something big. So well, best best of luck to those who are affected. You know, hope yeah. you land on your feet as soon as possible. Absolutely. So moving forward, Heroes in Crisis, our favorite book here at the Comics Pals, is canceled. Has he's <laughs> canceled right before that last issue comes out? <laughs> Could you imagine? <laughs> like, you know what? Let's not even finish this. Like, you guys get the point. Whatever. We'll, we'll just scrub this one off. Well, unless it's a bad guy, it's over. If they don't cancel it, we're going to be a bunch of pals in crisis, I'll tell you what. <laughs> well, it, it ain't canceled, so prepare uh, yourself. It's actually <laughs> going to come out on May 29th. It was pushed back by one week, which now means that it will release on the same day as Doomsday Clock number 10. Oh, oh boy. Now, that is pretty significant. Because Doomsday Clock number 10 is the issue that is slated to reveal what it is that Dr. Manhattan has been doing in the DC Universe. He's been making heroes in crisis bad. They do some Animal Man shit and it's, it's just Dr. Manhattan like beating the shit out of Tom King. <laughs> You're not even a real CIA veteran. Well, <laughs> that's what Dr. Manhattan's doing. <laughs> Do you guys uh, think that this was a tactical pushback? Because maybe something in Doomsday Clock will better explain what Wally is going through. I think uh, maybe sales haven't been great. And so they moved it back to go around the time that a good book comes out. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't. I don't think this uh, this plan has been in the books for a long time. No. no. Like, I think they saw it as coincidence and were like, "Ooh, we better capitalize on that." Yeah. Hell, I'm not even convinced that Doomsday Clock is going to come out the same day. So <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> also, this is just like slowly peeling a bandaid off. They're just, let's push it back another week. It's a ripping it off and saying, you know what? Maybe it's not finished, but here it is. Doesn't matter. <sighs> yeah. Uh, is is Heroes in Crisis right now? I probably shouldn't be asking this question, but whatever. Is Heroes in Crisis the most disappointing event that you've ever read? To this point. Of course, it could improve. Who knows? No. Uh, for me, it was Cry for Justice. Oh my god, I hate when you bring that up. <laughs> <laughs> it's true though. I was so excited for it. Um, and boy, was it a wet fart. <laughs> uh, I'll say yes, and that's only because I have not read many events. I will <sighs> say no. Well, you read a lot of Marvel events and you get excited for each of them, so I'm not surprised to hear that. 
Civil War 2 was the most disappointing Marvel event, or event I've ever read. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I guess, but I feel like that's such a recency bias because I'm still in the middle of suffering through it. <laughs> <laughs> suffering is correct. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think I think I was really disappointed by it because Tom King is easily one of my favorite writers, and I thought that he would handle the like topic of PTSD well, um, given his military experience in his past but, books. Well, yeah, that's true. Right, um, it's a theme that he has explored a lot and well. So I I'm like I don't know. I I didn't necessarily go into it thinking, oh, this is definitely going to be a masterpiece. But I was like, yeah, this will be good. Like, even if it's not great, I'm sure it'll, like, have some good things to say and have some strong moments. And, like, man, like, it just has been a a disappointment overall. Like, from start to finish. Hopefully it ends strong somehow. I don't see how that's possible. Moving on, because I think, uh, you know, that's a book I could do without talking about until it's dropped. Forever. Ouch. Uh, (laughs) Damn. (laughs) (laughs) Marvel has announced a very ambitious crossover. I don't know if it's the most ambitious crossover. Avengers? (laughs) (laughs) Not quite. Endgame again. <laughs> Endgame 2. This time it's really over. <laughs> <laughs> Once in a lifetime. Again. Tony is deader than a doorknob. Uh, so all throughout the week they'd been teasing different, what appeared to be different creative teams with no context whatsoever. And... That all led to Friday, where they officially announced what is called Marvel Comics 1000, which is a sort of jam anthology that they're doing to celebrate the, uh, what, the 80th year of Marvel? 1,000 years of Marvel (laughs) Comics. (laughs) (laughs) Um. And, and they've got a lot of creative teams and, and honestly, a lot of very well-known comic book creators. Uh, you know, just stop me when you, when I talk about someone who's not known yeah, for making ho- comics. Hold yeah, on, Kareem hold Abdul on. Jabbar. Can I do a fucking bit? No. Jesus Christ. I'm so mad at it. No, I'm doing a bit. Shut up. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> Um, NBA legend Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. He, uh, he. That's all you got. That's he all John had a whole thing. He was, you must have been that kid. I bet on every Wait, report he, he, he card. Wait, he did an Amazon. He did an Amazon book, Phil. He's a, he, he's a, he he's also he also did a, a Titan book on Mycroft Holmes. So sit down. All right, I'm so sitting. you're also embarrassing yourself. Jesus okay, I'm Christ. sitting here. Unbelievable. I can't believe he's on this book. It doesn't make any sense. Also, it doesn't make any sense that they're doing a book called Marvel 1000, but that's all right. Why not? Because it's not... They don't have a thousand anything. 
they just felt like it. They just wanted to do Marvel 1000. This is just a name. That's what I'm saying. It's fine, I guess. Thanks, Phil, for your hot takes. I can always count on you to deliver the goods, man. Thanks a lot. You know, real quick, real quick, Phil, I want to just like make you look like more of an asshole. Um, Kareem, Deb- Kareem Abdul-Jabbar has written uh, two and a half books, has, a reg- has had a regular column for time. And, um, you know, yeah, no, he's, he's a pretty established writer. So well known for his history of writing comic books with Marvel comics on their Marvel 1000. So anyway, (laughs) uh, we've got some really dynamic creative teams with very, very diverse, Names lots of different people who are contributing to this, such as uh, Al Ewing and Daniel Acuna, Al Ewing and Kafu, Al Ewing and Joshua Casara, <laughs> Al Ewing and Mike Diodato Jr., Al Ewing and Ron Garney, also Al Ewing and Carlos Pacheco. Let me not forget Al Ewing and George Perez. We also have Al Ewing and Leonardo Romero. We even have Al Ewing and Jesus Saez. On top of that, we have Al Jesus Ewing and Corey Saez. Smith. Sorry, Jesus. We have Al Ewing and Christian Ward. And not to be outdone, we have Al Ewing and Chris Weston. You guys ever see The Nutty Professor? <laughs> <laughs> That's the second time The Nutty Professor's come on, <laughs> on the comics. Al, Al Ewing's just like, Hercules, Hercules, Hercules. <laughs> But yeah, there are other people on this book, but Al Ewing doing like, you know, 10 things, I guess, for some yeah. reason. So the reason is because he's the, the anchor. He's kind of been the one to, whatever the story is, he's the one who kind of has created the framework and then everyone's going to okay. fill in. So it makes sense. But what's cool about this <laughs> actually, hilarious. Yeah, it is, is that each page is supposed to represent a different year in Marvel Comics history. Oh, interesting. That's cool. Yeah. I like that a lot. I, I'm very, very interested in that idea. Bringing back some big-time uh, Marvel contributors like J. Michael Straczynski. Uh, he's going to be contributing to this. That wasn't a joke. Uh <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Jonathan Hickman will be contributing, but you know he's at this at that point he will already have returned for his X Men stuff. Um, Alan Heinberg and Jim Chung, I'm really excited for that uh, team up. Uh, so lots of different you know big time creative teams contributing to this. A lot of our favorites. A lot of our favorites. I'm really excited. Also contributing to Marvel 1000 is Patrick Gleason. Yeah, I saw that one too. Who, like, that's great. It is official. He has signed an exclusive deal with Marvel, jumping ship from DC Comics, and in addition to contributing to Marvel Comics 1000, will be the new artist on Amazing Spider-Man. Oh, oh hmm. Brian who's writing that right now? Who's he replacing? That's Nick Nick Spencer. He's replacing uh, Ryan Otley. Ryan Otley, yeah. Yeah, and well, it's Otley, and then there's another person who does. They they have been switching off, is the thing. 
Yeah. Uh, so it's, I, is he going to be taking over for both of them? Probably. Right. I, I, I'm pretty confident that. Has Otley been doing it straight now? Because I know in the beginning, I think it was like he was six on and then six off for a little while at least. He's been, yeah. So he's been off a lot. And yeah. he's still technically the official artist on the book. But they've had several fill-in artists. Yeah. And Patrick Gleason is coming in to be the official new artist on the book. That's very exciting. <clears throat> Boy, uh, Brian Michael oh. Brian Michael Bendis must have made him mad. D- <laughs> I gotta get I, out of here. I I think I'll pick it up for this. For 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 this move. Like I'm I'm a really big Gleason fan. I, I liked his uh his Robin run. That's like what hooked me as a writer and artist. Hmm. Um so yeah, I'm in I'm in for this dude. Are you wait, are you in for the Marvel one thousand or are you in for Spider Man? For Spider Man. Hmm. I was yeah. interested to see what Otley does next. Um but yeah, one of the other there was one other weird one that stood out to me, um, which was uh, Adam F. Goldberg and Adam Riches are doing a story, and Adam F. Goldberg is uh, a writer who I don't think has ever written comics before. He's a, like he's a screenwriter, well, um, and like has done television and stuff. Phil Lord and Christopher Miller are doing a story. They wrote. Oh really? I didn't the see Spider-verse. them. Yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Holy shit! Okay, I didn't see them on the list before. Yep. So yeah, so there are there are a few like non comics people on this list, which is interesting. I I was you know I had a whole bit planned around that, but uh, that's okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you see Kareem Abdul Jabbar's on that list as well? Fucking <laughs> 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 wild. Weird. <laughs> Let me just get my sandbag here and just dump it on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right, Phil. You have to take your lumps every now and then. But uh, yeah, so really interesting news. I'm I'm excited for this. Uh, it's coming out in August, so there will be more creators added. I know there was there were a lot of people what? who were upset. I know, right? It's crazy. It's gonna be a thousand pages. You gotta think, right? No, <laughs> imagine <laughs> last, it'll last cost a thousand dollars. Last I saw, it was eighty, and there were ninety-seven names that had been listed. <laughs> He's got a panel. <laughs> I, legitimately, I, I gotta tell you, I'm I'm not interested in this because these creators are only gonna get one page. Just like what, what even is the point? <laughs> like, yeah, it's, it's just it just feels like um, I don't know. It's just like a look at this big crazy thing we're doing. That's you know? exactly what it is, and that's exactly yeah. why I don't like it. He, yeah, no, right. Yeah, Akira, I don't, I don't... Akira Yoshida announced he wanted to sell a million copies of something, and oh boy, here it comes. This isn't it. This isn't it. This, yeah, this ain't gonna be it, my friend. <laughs> this ain't it, Chief. They would have called I it Marvel was... a million. <laughs> <laughs> what I meant was, this isn't the idea. This is not. This is not the million dollar idea. You don't think? No. Um. All right. And and also, I want to point out that some of these creators are listed as singular so like um chips and Latour. by himself sorry chips and Arsky's by himself yeah patrick gleason is is announced as a singular like he doesn't have a creative team so i don't know if that means that those individuals will be working alone or if it means that they will be paired up with someone later 
someone who's not announced yet. Um, mm. We'll see. Boy, those announcements were—they uh, did not look great. The it was the, yeah. the blue with the weird like I don't know what font that was. <laughs> it had somebody somebody saw it as they were starting to come out, and somebody was like, "Oh, Shang Chi," and it was like, "Okay, <laughs> I, I guess I could see where that would come from." I'm glad they got Gabriel Hardman to contribute to this because he is one of what I one of my favorite artists and I think one of the best artists of all time in comics. But boy, does he seem to not give a damn that he's involved, and it makes yeah. me wonder why he is. He's uh, the artist from Lock and Key, right? Uh, or am I thinking of someone else? I don't think so. Yeah, I don't. I don't think he is. Um, he. I don't think he's really known. He's not known for any one particular book. He's kind of a journeyman in that regard, but he did the Green Lantern Earth 2 or Earth 1 book, and he also did, uh, he has a book called Invisible Republic that I'm a massive fan of. There you go. So, uh, last thing we're going to talk about here in the news is the fact that Marvel dominated April of 2019. They had more than 50% of the total unit share for the month and earn 45.50% of all the money spent on comics in the direct market. That's a big number. Yeah. Uh, They had some big time hits this month. Uh, War of the Realms, number one, did really well for them. Uh, the Immortal Hulk continues to dominate. It's a book that everyone's talking about, and apparently everyone is buying because it was the fourth best-selling book of the month. Um, Thanos number one did really well, which I'm sure uh, was helped by Avengers Endgame. Web of Venom, Cult of Carnage, which is a mouthful and a wild name, uh, was number nine. And uh, Symbiote Spider-Man number one was number two. So... Marvel really, really killing it. IDW managed to sneak in to the top 150 with a Spider-Man book, or rather a uh, a Black Panther book, a Marvel action Black Panther number one. Somehow they're allowed to par- publish Marvel books. Yeah, I remember they, works, yeah, they but, made that uh, all ages partnership with them. That's got to be it. Yeah. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Uh, DC Comics did come in second place. For the month with 24.73% of the dollar share and 25.89% of the unit share. And Image Comics was up next with just 7.93% of the dollar share oh, wow. and 760 of the unit share. And it goes on from there. Uh, for, Marco, uh, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say for, for a little context, last year they were, and I have to, I have to update my charts, but... Uh, Marvel was around like 40-ish something. Like they were pretty much even. They would take up about 80. Um, and Mar- Sean, you Marvel said... Marvel DC. Yeah, yeah. And Sean, you said Marvel... I mean, DC was around like the 20s. Yeah, 25 for the unit and 24 for the dollar share. And usually so image like, is like around like 10. Marvel. Wow. Yeah, Marvel's biting Major, major overtake. I choose to believe Heroes in Crisis tanked DC's numbers on its own. <laughs> well, it was one of the big sellers, so. Well, and with uh, Doomsday Clock being delayed as much yeah, as it is, like. That didn't help. You know? 
Uh, one of the things I thought was really interesting was um, they called out in the uh, the comicbook.com article that we're, we're referencing here is that uh, the Buffy the Vampire Slayer number four was 78. That's pretty cool. That book is yeah. – yeah, like yeah. obviously people give a shit. That's cool. Sean, have you heard of this book? Um, no. <laughs> you should check it out. Nah. Yeah, aren't, you, aren't you like a big Buffy fan? Nah, who's that? Oh, something you might like. I don't know. Oh, no, Marco. Marco likes Buffy. Oh, yeah, yeah, no. huge fan. Marco's, I think Marco's talked about every issue of the book or something like that, right? Yeah. yeah. It's about, yeah, just about. Sean's a well, Swamp Thing guy. Yeah. I always forget. Yeah. I mean, what, what more can be said about it? <laughs> 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 oh, you know what else was cool was that um, the Mark Millar and um, Olivier... It's Olivier, right? Yeah. Coipel? Yeah, Olivier. Coipel. Coipel. Um, the Magic Order Volume 1 was the best-selling graphic novel of April, which is pretty tight. Oh, yeah. nice. Good on... Good on Dean. Wait, is that a Netflix yeah. thing? Or no? Yeah, that's the it Netflix. It is. It is a... Oh, shit. Wow. Yeah. Is Do you guys know, is the show on? No, I, I thought the same thing because there's a show called like uh-huh. The Order or yeah. something. I had the yeah, same yeah, yeah, I was yeah. like, this isn't about wizards. No. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. It's very fucking similar though. Like it yep. it could be uh, wizards. Like if you didn't know anything about it, you'd be like, oh, it's probably about like Yeah, that's what I was shit. thinking. That's why I was so confused when I saw it the first time. But I like did a little dig and I was like, oh, no, no, no. Yeah. Oh, wild. <laughs> yeah, very odd. But uh, now we're going to cast our net into the future. And we're going to talk about what is coming up for the Marvel Cinematic Universe. We're going to take a look at what the announcements are for the next three years of movies as far as dates. We're going to try to assign movies to those dates. And, um, you know, we're going to try to figure out what the hell they're going to do next. Obviously, we've, we've just come to the end of the Infinity Saga and the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and we've had three weeks to sort of catch our breath and come to terms with the fact that that portion of the story is over. And now, if you're if you're emotionally recovered from everything that took place, you're, what's on your mind is what's next. Unless you're, you know, Phil or Kale, in which case... You're like, why is there going to be more? <laughs> uh, I, I mean, for me, it's like, why is there? You know, it's not. I don't blame Marvel for all this. I just, you know, it's my curse of existence, really. Dude, do, do you want to turn this into a therapy session or what? Right? Why? Why is? You know, what is? dark side. What is? Why is? Who is? Guys, right. how is? And now that we've solved that mystery, I guess let's talk about what Sean wants to talk about. <laughs> Thank you. So, Mar- uh, Disney rather put out a press release on Tuesday, which confirmed the movies that they're going to be putting out. Um, we we know some things that are coming, and we know some things that are not coming. So, I'll just quickly run through the dates that they've selected. That are specifically untitled Marvel films. Uh, so this cannot include any Sony movies. So keep that in mind. But it can technically include Fox productions. So if there are any movies that are like slated um, through Fox. Like a Deadpool type movie or something like that. They could be in here. 
I think it's a safe assumption to make that they are not, but we'll see. Uh, so for May 1st, we've got we've got May 1st, 2020, November 6th, 2020, and then those are the only two Marvel movies coming out in 2020. And as Pete alluded to earlier, there are 10 months between Far From Home and the next movie that we'll get, which is in May 1st. In 2021, we've got three movies launching February 12th, May 7th, and November 5th. Then in 2022, we've got three movies launching February 18th, May 6th, and July 29th. Some of these are, I would say, pretty obvious. But I do want to play with it a little bit and see what you guys think we will be getting here. Does anyone have strong feelings about any particular so hold movies? On. There's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight on the block, and we know a few of them that are definitely in development. So yes. crossing those off, like we know Eternals, right, is one of those. Uh, I think we know Black, Black Widow. Widow. We know um, Doctor Strange too, um, and then Shang Chi, which has also been getting getting, getting talked about as well. Um, so that's half of them. Black, Black Panther, Panther two. two, sure. You think maybe Guardians of the Galaxy and Volume Three is still in this, even if it's later than it was supposed to be? So that would be six. It would that's, have been a 2020 film. Now it's going to be probably 20, a 2022. Right. Film. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then the third Spider-Man movie. There, there are no, uh, no. Sony movies. Oh, anymore. right, right, okay, right. That, you did say that. Okay, it's yeah, still okay. a property. I didn't think about that. Um, so then, I guess, I mean, maybe a Captain Marvel two, and then an event film. Captain Marvel two, I think, is a good bet. I feel like that makes sense to me. Like all of good. those, and then maybe like a new Avengers, or like, or or Ant Man three. Also a possibility. Yeah, I yeah. could see that. Yeah. Oh, maybe uh, a new Captain America, but with oh, um, with Falcon. What? Yeah, yeah, that would, could also be on the docket for sure. Well, that's uh, that's what the TV the the TV show is going to. No, be, you're right. So. Yeah, it's him and Bucky, and that'll be that'll be the continuation of their adventures. Okay, yeah. So that wouldn't I wouldn't think that would be on the slate mm, okay. then. So yeah, I mean, I I, th- I feel like that feels like a good bet. I feel like one of these movies is likely a team up movie. So, and that's the only one that I feel like we didn't hit there. I'm trying to think of what else is like. Is there any other that don't have another sequel, or that that could? Because like I don't think we'll get another Thor. If, well, he's in Guardians now, so right. Okay. Fantastic Four, maybe. I don't think no. so. I mean, it's possible that Spikey said we wouldn't get it. it. So, actually, have some thoughts uh-huh. about that. Um, I think that the X Men, as much as I don't want this to be the case, I think it's best for business if the X Men are on ice. I yeah. hate to say that, but the 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 property has been run ragged by Fox. And they've done so many movies, and they've come out so fast, that I think a reboot would be weird. Um, So I could see them being on ice. When it comes to the Fantastic Four, though, we haven't gotten one in a 
well, we, we got the Fan 4 stick, but that was still five years ago. I I, I think Fan 4, oh, sorry, Fantastic Four. It's the, the common way to abbreviate that is Fan 4 stick. Whoa, I never heard that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but so we got that one, the Josh Trank one, in like 2015. And, mm. you know, I think that that's enough time. If you put that... If you put that in like 2021 or, or 2022, I don't I don't think that that's crazy. And I don't think a ton of people saw the Josh Frank Fantastic Four movie. Yeah. And, and from what I understand, it was yeah. forgettable. Oh, yes. So, and so. I, I, I think you're right that if one of the two of them is on the table, I would argue that I think Fantastic Four would be the first one that we would see. Um, mm. Just because I think you want to put some space between the last Fox movie to hobble out which is next year and the reboot which i would think yeah maybe not phase four but phase five makes sense i think when it comes to the fantastic four too so i believe one (laughs) (laughs) i believe that the fantastic four will play a role in the next major piece of whatever they're they're going towards and I don't think we need... I don't know that we get an Avengers movie in this next slate of films. I think a Fantastic Four movie could be the lead-in to the next big thing. Especially if the multiverse is real. Uh, you could easily say that either they're from another Earth. Or they're from the past. They went into the multiverse to to screw around because of Reed Richards and they came out here now. I think either one of those is plausible and you could easily build a narrative for the future around that concept. But Kevin Feige has said that they have five years of of movies planned out. So that's, you know, that's just speculation on my part, but it makes sense to me. So I don't think that what Phil said is totally out of the picture. When is the, when is phase five? Who knows? So I, if we have five years worth of movies planned out, I, I was thinking along the lines because you sort of sparked an idea, Sean. Like, what if the lead-in to uh, Phase Five is the arrival of the Fantastic Four that is at the end of those five years, and these slate of movies is sort of the the the, the adventures that they have, like like. After an event, everyone kind of like deals with the the post event, right, and then goes off into their own adventures. But then the Fantastic Four appear on Earth, and that brings everybody back or something at the end of these five years. In it, then introduces Phase Five. So, a couple things. Um, I don't think that that's out of line, but I'm not convinced that this slate of movies necessarily will represent Phase. Four. Like I, I'm not, I'm not convinced that this is all we'll get for Phase Four. I think this is just all they're ready to say is coming out at the for moment. Phase Four, and it's all the all the dates they've been able to block off. Exactly. But how many movies are usually in a phase? I think it's it's varied. Yeah, because in the this... in the the first phase was yeah five, like, but yeah, the second one was like seven Twelve. or eight. Oh, was oh, it? 12? Okay. I'm looking it up right now. Uh, so, let's see. Phase 2 
consists of Iron Man 3, Thor the Dark World, Winter Soldier, Guardians, Avengers Age of Ultron, and... That's only six. Six. And phase one, like you said, was five. Three. Phase three's been more than that, though, for sure. Phase three consists of Civil War, Doctor Strange, Guardians 2... Spider-Man Homecoming, Ragnarok, Black Panther, Infinity War, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Captain Marvel, Endgame, and Far From Home. So that's 11. 11 movies. Oh, wow. Hmm. One note that's important and worth mentioning is that they ramped up their production in yeah. general. Yeah. So So then, yeah. so that, that being said then, right? They said they have five years worth of movies in development. If you follow that logic... This is the next three years, so there would be... And there's three movies per year for 2021 and 2022. So if you add 2023 and 2024 to that, that could be phase four with... It's like 15 movies? That would be be 14 movies. Right? Yeah. Yikes. That makes makes sense. Guys, I don't have this much money. <laughs> I'm gonna have to leave this podcast. I'm not gonna be able to keep up. But yeah, so I I think I I I'm putting it out there right now. I do not believe that one of these eight movies will be an Avengers movie. One of these I eight, yeah. I I think that that could be true, but I think we will see a new Avengers movie in Phase Four. When you say new Avengers, do you mean like a new Avengers movie or new Avengers? The second one. <laughs> um, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm making cool. that guess. I, I think when they bring back the Avengers brand, I think they're going to play with it in that way probably and be like new Avengers. Um, and it'll be a new team that has to come together to deal with whatever the new like big bad threat is. You know, whether that's – right. are we going to talk about that? Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll put that on the table for now. But I, I am predicting a new Avengers at some point. I also think they'd be fools to not introduce the Fantastic Four in Phase Four. Like, come on. <laughs> I, right? I, like, like I respect Kevin Feige, you know, quite a bit. But like, if he doesn't do that, like, that's, I mean, that's not even a softball. <laughs> Well, you gotta you gotta build up to it, Kale. We haven't even gotten a Fantastic One movie yet. Anyway, <laughs> um, I I I've heard a lot of rumors about a Thunderbolts movie too. Yo, oh, I would yeah, fuck with that. that would you're be cool. right. You're absolutely right. That was something we talked about like a yeah, year ago. I do remember that yeah. rumor. So. I don't know what they would do with that. I've heard people mention Norman Osborn. <coughs> if he was Norman Osborn, they would have to still be able to play nice of Sony, and we don't know what their relationship's going to be like after this movie, Far From Home. Yo, um, but maybe uh, Michael Keaton. Um, well, he's dead. <laughs> Michael no. Keaton died? No. Did he? He, no, he no. went to jail. He went to jail. <laughs> Michael Keaton went to jail? <laughs> the Vulture no, the died, in right? Jail. Yeah, he went to jail. Okay, okay. He's in jail Who's the vulture? He, uh, Michael mind. Keaton. Michael Keaton's yes! the vulture? You should see yes. Spider-Man. It was good. I'm well, saying Michael Keaton should be running the Thunderbolts. Well, he's Vulture. He could play, Well, Vulture could run the Thunderbolts. He'd be in the Thunderbolts. That could actually be at sick. Least, yeah, I mean, fuck yeah. He's young, too, so it's like... 
I could see him as the lead of well, the, the Thunderbolts. That'd be cool. But I'd rather see him as a member of the Sinister yeah. Six, which I do believe they are working towards. Because Man, they've been trying to get that film off the ground. Like 20 years? Since day, know, since day one. That is the that's oldest. That's not happening. That's the, that's the old. My earliest memory of like being on comic book websites and seeing stuff is, yep. oh, <laughs> uh, Sony's <laughs> trying to make a Sinister Six movie. After Spider-Man 2, I remember reading about that. That yep. Spider-Man 5 or whatever. Is <laughs> Which it was so stupid. <laughs> I remember, like, even when I was a little kid, I was always like, that theory doesn't make any fucking sense. They kill the villain at the end of every movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And who could, who could forget the Sony hacks where every email says, Dude, how are we going to make this Sinister Six movie, though? <laughs> it's true. The Sony hacks is one of my favorite things that's ever happened in this like in this industry, and I wish that I still had access to their emails. I wish I could still <laughs> read Sony's emails, especially because Amy Pascal just left Sony. I want to know mm. what happened because I know it wasn't good. I just feel it. I feel it in my wait, mind. wait, wait, real quick. But before we get off of that, it, do you remember ahead. the theory about that movie too that I always used to see on those boards, which was that uh, Bruce Campbell was Mysterio in the background the whole time? Yes, that would yes. have been yes. sick. Yes, give him that. Yes, that would have been yeah. solid. Yeah, that was talked about. I, yeah, that was talked about. Yeah, and then they were yeah. gonna do Spider-Man Four, starring the Vulture and Felicia Hardy as the Vultress, and then Sam Raimi was with <laughs> Sam right. Raimi was like, that's nah, right. dog. <laughs> With Anne Hathaway playing yeah. the character, actually, Sam Raimi was, if I remember correctly, was down for that. He loves the Vulture, and the Vulture was supposed to be in Spider-Man 3, but they just couldn't, they wanted to re, They wanted to reboot. Mm. They just wanted to do it over again. Um, they felt like things went too wrong with Spider-Man 3, and well, I agree. Thank God um, they didn't get Spider-Man mm-hmm. 4. Spider-Man, Amazing Spider-Man 2, they do show all the suits. They tried yeah. it again. Yeah. With Amazing Spider-Man too, they tried it again. Absolutely, Dude, they, they are so horny for this for, for the Secret Six, <laughs> Sinister Six, Sinister Six, whatever. Secret Six. <laughs> that's, a, that's a DC no. thing. That, yeah. mo- that movie ain't happening. What are we? Some kind of Secret Six? <laughs> <laughs> what, are, what are we? Some kind of Sinister Honestly, Squad? Though- I, ha- oh my I have God. to say, like, low-key, I could see Kevin Feige being like, you know what, fuck it. I'm going to do it just to prove that I can. Because nobody else has been able to fucking do it. <laughs> I believe it because they have the Vulture. They have Scorpion. They Mysterio have um, Mysterio now. And, and there's a rumor that, well, there it's a fact. There's a character in Spider-Man Far From Home named Dimitri who works for S.H.I.E.L.D., and uh, Dmitry Yorbachev is the real name of the Kingpin. So, or the Kingpin. Uh, the Chameleon, rather. I was going to so, say, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. So uh, the Chameleon may well appear in Spider-Man Far From Home, in which case you have, you know, what, four or five already. people? Yeah. Yeah. Ch- Chameleon Air so. would be crazy in that movie. What was that? It's a chameleon. would be crazy in that movie. <laughs> they see me rolling. Well, no, they don't. They, they don't see me rolling because I'm a chameleon. <laughs> they, they see Aunt May rolling. 
Oh man, but to to take it back to uh, real plausibilities, because the chameleon air will not be unfortunately. Um, <laughs> I've seen a lot of rumors over the last couple of weeks, and I kind of want to dive into some of those. So with Doctor Strange two, one of the things that I've seen is that it would actually introduce Brother Voodoo, Ooh, which be could cool. be cool. Yeah, so for those of you who are uh, not hip to this, Marco. Brother Voodoo is... <laughs> uh, his his real name is, I believe it's Jericho Drum, and uh, he is a you know voodoo doctor, whatever, um, who has mystical powers, who has a brother who dies... And is like kind of haunted by his brother's ghost or something to that na- of that nature, Spooky. and he ends up becoming the Sorcerer Supreme at some point. So very very cool character. Um, I've heard rumors that the villain for Black Panther will be Craven. Really? Uh, all right. Oh, huh. Yeah. What? Yep. Well, in fact, there's, there's another sensor. Uh, yeah, they're at five then. Character. Yep. In fact, oh. he was supposed to be the villain of the first. No, he happened. fucking wasn't. Oh. He was. He was. Uh, Ryan Coogler wrote a script what? with him in it. Why? And then they told him. They told him you can't use <laughs> that character. <laughs> That's fucking awesome. <laughs> but like, why? Yep. He has a great idea. Does Craven have like has Craven and Black Panther ever fought before? I don't I mean, have an awareness I'm sure at of some it. If they have Mar- but... yeah, Marvel's been around for eighty years, and they've just cranked out horse shit for most of that time. So probably <laughs> call me crazy, but, but that makes sense. To I mean, it does make sense. He... Is it? Isn't it still part of like? Aren't they still part of Sony? Like, isn't Craven still at the at the time? That the character that Black Panther would have, you know, been in production, they didn't have the rights to any anybody. But now that they're working with Sony, there's, you know, there, there's a, a, the potential for more of a shared environment. So maybe Craven could be utilized. Oh What's shit, dude! Dangerous? You know what? I didn't, I didn't, I didn't remember this until just now. I went to Craven's Wikipedia page to try and see if he'd ever been in a Black Panther thing. He's the half-brother of the Chameleon, too. Holy yes. shit. They see me oh rolling. <laughs> Dude, that's so cool. Damn. Yeah, yeah. So, like, literally all we would As... need would be, like, Otto or or um, or Norman. Shocker. To, well, yeah, Shocker. Shocker's well, already in the picture. True. Yeah, yeah, they introduced him in Spider-Man. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I wouldn't know. Um... Yeah, you wouldn't. Fuck. I wouldn't. Yeah, Ooh. no, there's like... Wow, we, we already almost have a Sinister Six. We just need the leader. Yeah. Oh, from, uh, from the Incredible Hulk books? <laughs> Yo. Legit, though, I, I, think that, I think that almost happened. I think you're right. What? I think that did almost happen in the Incredible Hulk uh, movie. They almost had a leader in it. Yeah. Yo, they did. Dude. The leader is one of my favorite villains. Dude, he has such a big head. I love the leader. He's a genius. He's a so genius. You must love the ultra humanite because he's a talking gorilla with a giant head. Yep. And also Hector Mojo Hammond. Jojo. Oh yeah. 
Hector Hammond, that big head motherfucker. Yo, he's definitely definitely shown up in Black Panther books before. So, what's more dangerous than a Spider Man? A Panther Man. <laughs> <laughs> a fucking Panther, yeah, dude. Come sure. on. <laughs> yeah. So there is precedent um, here. But Sean to, John, I had yeah. to I had to Google who the leader was. He has a big ass head. <laughs> Thank you. Bro. Oh shit, yo, you know the um, you remember that the the Black Panther TV show that was on Netflix. Yes. Apparently, there, there's an episode oh. uh, of that where Craven the Hunter's in it, and um... oh no, you know what? It wasn't that. It was in the Avengers Assemble show. I'm sorry. Did you guys ever see that? It was the one oh, on yeah. uh, Disney XD. It came out like after Earth oh, Mighty yeah. Heroes. I never watched it, but apparently, yeah, that was a good show. Yeah, apparently, there's an episode uh, of that where Craven the Hunter and Black Panther fight. Okay. Um, Kale, you, you were gonna go ahead. Sorry, Kale, you were going to say something. I actually have an important question unlike the rest of these dingleberries. Go yeah, for it. Excited. Has has anything changed with Sony recently that would lead to all this extra conjecture or So, uh the short answer is no. But uh there is a I, I really wish I was prepared more prepared for that question. Uh there's a guy who works for Marvel Studios. I don't remember his name, but he's on Twitter and he posts he's always posting and talking and stuff like that. Um and it's confirmed that he works for it's not it's not like a weird guy. He's got a check and the his picture is him with like a Marvel Studios shirt and everything. He definitely works for Marvel Studios. And he says he talked about the speculation that Sony was going to take Spider-Man away from Marvel, which is something that I have talked about on this podcast a lot. And he flat out said that that was not true, that, that, that there's no reason to, be, there's no reason for anyone to believe that. Did we do, did we cover a story where, uh, they were looking into potentially extending their like relationship, Sony and Marvel, like where they, they wanted to continue working at like a, like a further capacity. And, and they were like in negotiations for stuff. I don't feel like we ever did a story on that. We did. It was it was a while ago, uh, and that's sort of where my question comes from. Just because the last last we heard, uh, I believe Far From Home was going to be the last thing. So the last time that I can recall talking about this, I'll keep it real brief. Uh, I I put forward a theory that Sony would end the relationship between them and Marvel because Tom Holland still owes Sony one more movie as spider-man but homecoming or far from home is the last movie in the relationship between marvel and sony so sony would use this uh tactic to put tom holland in a movie with venom and carnage and have people think that it's a an mcu movie that way they would get the buzz from the mcu to cross over and that's why they're setting up this whole Spider-Man universe without Spider-Man you know, in it. I had a theory about that recently. You know how they are like working on all of these like Spider-Verse spin-offs now? I wonder if Tom yeah, Holland's uh-huh. going to be a voice in one of those as that appearance. Hmm. Maybe. That seems that 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 seems like it would be a wasted opportunity. I mean, I I agree, but like if they if their relationship with Marvel has proven profitable for them, they they might 
be willing to, you know, be like, yeah, we'll just keep making these spin-off movies like Venom if they make money and like we can cash in on this relationship with them where we don't have to pay to make a Spider-Man movie that doesn't do well. Like maybe they've come to some negotiable term where they're like they do have that movie in the bank, but they're not going to leverage it because they leveraged it for a better deal with Disney or something like I don't know. I'm I'm interested because I don't know that that theory that you've thrown out is going to come to fruition. You know, like it still could, but it it just feels so counterintuitive after the success of Spider Verse for Sony to be like, yeah, you can still use our character. Yep. Well, even the mild success of Venom. <clears throat> yeah. You know, uh, and I like I think that the Venom Carnage thing like does legitimately make sense. Like people like venom and carnage and like i it would it would do very very well if you put tom holland in there and and made it seem like it was an mcu film i'm gonna say something crazy right now since we're speculating i'm gonna say something crazy what if far from home really does feature the multiverse mysterio really is from the multiverse and there is a dimensional rift that Miles Morales comes Whoa. through and Spider-Man leaves the MCU and Miles Morales becomes the Spider-Man for the MCU and Tom Holland goes to the Sony Spider-Man universe and becomes Spider-Man over there. Dude, I that makes sense and I'm, I'm not... I don't know about that, man. <laughs> and not just that, but coming out of the portal from the other multiverses is Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire. <laughs> and Yo, I want to see that. I want to see that. <laughs> I will it. watch that movie. I, I don't see it. I mean, I, I think it, it makes sense. I don't think it's going to happen. Tobey Maguire Yo, says, thank the, you for the work. If they did... Everybody would hate that character to come back because people have been like so attached to Tom Holland as the character that immediately they'd be like, "No, I want my Spider-Man back." Not me. That'd be cool as hell. Get rid of Tom Holland. I don't give a fuck. Preach. We'd have that. Uh, we'd have that Miles Morales, Peter Parker argument all over again, and it would yeah. be thirty yep. times worse. <laughs> I agree. It would. Let's let's talk about. <laughs> So it would cle- it would Pete? clearly it would clearly be twenty percent worse on this show. <laughs> Let let's let's get back to the wider Marvel universe and get out of Spidey Land. Um, <clears throat> one movie I don't believe we mentioned, maybe we did it, I forgot, is Shang Chi. Uh, yeah, I, I mentioned yeah. it. Do we call that out? Okay. Yeah. Uh, so let's talk about villains because every phase, every you know arc is going to need some big bad, right? Ben Kingsley. Um, <laughs> no, that was bad. I, listen, I would give him another chance. No, no more. They, they, I, I blame that on producers more than the character. Well, yeah, I agree with that. Um, but anyway, so do you guys have a pick for who you think will be the big bad of the next 
Do okay. Two questions, actually. Sorry. First of all, do you believe that Marvel will use the same tactic they used in the Infinity Saga to have an overarching villain who serves as the foe for like the next, say, three phases? Do you believe they will stick to that, or do you think they will do something on a smaller scale where maybe there's a villain who's the guy for like two phases, or something like that? No, they they need to keep changing it up and testing the waters because I think now that they have uh, a super broad audience, I think that being able to throw ideas and new concepts and, and things that'll integrate them more into what they're able to leverage with their properties, I think is the direction they'll go more so than have one sort of villain that it's all going to culminate up to. I think they're going to just... <clears throat> Sorry, uh, Mark had a stroke. <laughs> I just joked. <laughs> He's like, "This is the most I've ever talked. I don't know what to do." Um, they're gonna they're gonna continue like the slate of movies, but it's not gonna be one overarching villain. Each one's gonna have like their own, and it's not gonna culminate into anything necessarily. I kind of disagree, and this is why. I think yeah. that this movie is gonna introduce the next overarching villain for the rest of the MCU. I also think they're going to get really meta with it. Why, you ask? This is a Shang-Chi movie. Who's the most reviled character in the MCU so far? Finn Jones. Here he is. He is the new antagonist for the rest of the MCU. The Iron Fist. Here he is. Let's go. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> that Iron Finn Fist Jones. is a villain? Yeah, and it's also Finn Jones because he was the most hated character of the MCU. They're like, he's like, you guys hated me so much I became a villain. Shit, I could fuck with that. I could fuck with that. Uh, anybody else got a take as far as like how they're gonna? Well, that wasn't a real mm-hmm. take, but um, huh? I mean, <laughs> I, uh, um, I have I have kind of two ideas for where I think it goes from here. I feel like um, I feel like the most obvious answer for what phase if not four maybe the end of four and and more broadly five are going to be dealing with we've already talked about the idea that there's going to be um at least somewhat of an increased focus on the cosmic and on space um and i think we already had the kree scroll conflict established pretty well in captain marvel which you know um i think was I, I, I think those threads were laid for a reason, you know? Um, I doubt that they established that conflict the way they did and will not, you know, touch on it again at all. Um, it seems right. really weird to, like, have it be a minor subplot in Captain Marvel and then, like, never come up again. So that seems to me to be the easiest solution is, you know, um, a, a film that deals with, with that conflict and whether that's, like, a scroll invasion of Earth, or you know, the the heroes getting involved in the conflict more directly out in space, uh, or maybe both. You know, um, that seems like a that seems like something that's already been established to be going on, and we know that at least Captain Marvel's involved in it, so it doesn't seem crazy well, to make it, it come makes, to Earth. It would make sense to do the uh, Galactus thing we talked about here. Um, also, just for real uh, a good centerpiece for this cosmic marvel stuff would be dick rider maybe they finally do the dick rider movie that people have been talking about for a few years i've heard i've heard that's on the table i read a rumor that that was on the way yeah. um 
So I want to address what Pete said. I would love to see the Kree Skrull War happen in its own its own movie. I have a feeling that that's actually going to take place in a Captain Marvel movie. Uh, what I and and I I would be okay with that, I guess. Although I'd really rather see that be its own thing. What I would be more mad about is if we don't get a Secret Invasion movie, because it feels like. If, yeah, it feels like this is the time because they did introduce the Skrulls uh, and we know that, well, we don't know that they're homeless because we don't know what's happened since the 90s with Captain Marvel. But depending on where they're at, Captain Marvel 2, I think, is probably the movie to watch for in this next phase because I believe that that movie is going to establish something going forward. So if... If Captain Marvel 2 deals more with the Skrulls and the Kree, I think you can. E- it's an easy bet that we'll see that take center stage. Maybe I'm crazy, but I kind of got the impression that's not the way they're going with the, with the Skrull. The way they made him, the way they kind of portrayed him as being like a, uh, just like a severely oppressed like population of people. And the ones we saw in the movie were refugees from this scattered colony of scrolls that were completely sympathetic. I, I kind of get the feeling that they're not going to do the scroll Cree war in the way that we thought, because they already subverted this expectation of them being villains in the first Captain Marvel movie. And I, I just kind of feel like they're not even going to do secret invasion. I feel like that's all played out for them already. They're moving on. So that's a, that's a fair point. But uh, in interviews, Kevin Feige has said that that, group of scrolls we saw is not necessarily reflective of what all scrolls are like and that the scrolls were equally um implicit in the war between these oh. two factions it's just that the ones that the movie focused on happened to be the refugees who weren't bad yeah. that got caught up that didn't want to fight they weren't like fighters interesting okay yeah that was like the message of that movie and on top of that, everyone has the theory that I believe will prove accurate, which is that that little kid, that girl, the daughter of um, the main scroll guy, she went nameless in the movie. I believe that she will be Varenki, the scroll queen, who is the reason why all that bad scroll stuff happens in Secret Invasion. So if we get a if we get a Spider Man movie in the uh, uh, Spider Woman movie in the uh the mcu here in the next few years we know exactly what's gonna happen right (laughs) one of my favorite moments in comic book history is when the new avengers when electra gets murdered and she dies and her body becomes a scroll body and they realize oh my god what the hell i need that on the big screen not with electra with somebody yeah that would be really cool i don't need it on the big screen but it was definitely a cool moment um, yeah. The, the um, other, but the other thing ahead. is, I remember you threw this out a while ago, Sean. Was the uh, the idea of Kang the Conqueror? Man, you yep. son of a bitch! I've been sitting here waiting patiently for my turn, and you're just gonna come in here and I walk just, over. Start... It. Fine, Pete. Go ahead. Tell us about Kang the Conqueror. Like you know some shit. Go ahead. You did now, Pete. You made him upset. I think you should apologize. <laughs> I'm sorry, Gail. I didn't. Yeah, well, you're goddamn I didn't right want you to are. I talk about it. I just wanted to bring it up so you could. I'm sorry. 
No, talk about no. it. Oh, no. <laughs> no. Okay, so... I hate it when mom and dad fight. I know, like, Sean threw this out there that, like, time travel's been established now and everything. He's a, you know, classic Avengers villain. I, I think that's on the table. Now you're just gonna say exactly what I was I'm gonna sorry. say. Great. Oh, Great, no. Pete. What am I even here for? Oh, you made it worse, Pete. Marco, can you smooth this over? Shit, man. You guys have been talking about characters and stuff. I'm like, ah, I don't know what the fuck's going on. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Marco. I obviously agree with the Kang theory because based on the fact that they throw out time travel, I think that there's a lot of ways you can go. The craziest thing about Kang is that he can actually be a villain in several different people's movies because he appears in different ways throughout history. So they're making an Eternals movie. You can easily have Kang be in that. As I forget what his initial like, he has different incarnations. He has right. a, a like a, an ancient incarnation. I forget what it is, but he could be that. He could right. be the villain. If they he make could, a Young Avengers movie, he, he could, could be, be Iron, Iron Lad. Lad. He could be Hero. Yeah. Yep. Isn't that, like Immor- Immortus or something? Immortus, Immortus. Yeah. So. I feel like that could all culminate with a big battle with this. Everyone's been fighting the same guy, and then they fight him, you know, in, in like a new Avengers movie or something like that. I think that's Yo, very plausible. Oh my god! What if Tony's? Yo, here we fucking shut up, go. Kale. What if Tony Stark's daughter becomes like Iron Lass, and then it's like she's Kang in the future? I don't know, dog. No, it's bad. Yeah, it's bad. She, anyway. She's like... <laughs> What'd you say, Phil? Kale. <laughs> he's just like, he's nah. just like, that's that's bad. That's bad. It's a bad take. It wasn't a take. Um, it, was an, it was a crazy theory. Shut up, Kale. Can, Go ahead, Pete, Phil. Pete, you can tap out now. I um, fucking hate you guys. <laughs> a little bit more and we'll wrap this up. Come on. I kind of... I kind of feel like they would fuck Kang up because I think of Ultron. Sean, you have to abstain from this sure. conversation. Um, Fair enough. Um, they, they, Ultron is, you know, uh, one of the biggest MC uh, Marvel Comics antagonists there is. Um, and instead you get the fucking uh, dude from The Office voicing him in a... Now, hold on. Did you just hold characterize... G- James Spader is James a Spader. lot more than his character on The Office. Thank you very much. Okay. <laughs> anyway, thanks, Grandpa. Take your fucking whatever your shitty Hold tape on. was uh, and uh, put it right back in the toilet next to Pete's. Pete's already in the toilet. But that's okay. Yeah. You get in there with him. <laughs> it's a little crowded, but all right. Um, Marco, flush down the jam. <laughs> flush down the jam. Flush. Uh, 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 uh. Oh, good segue. Um, but I, I I feel like that's what they would do with Kang. They would make him like a transitional antagonist for like a team up movie. Uh, they wouldn't really do much with him that's any good, and that's it. It's just like a weird impression and feeling I have hmm. based on how the MCU is. I could I could I could see that logic. Uh, James Spader aside, um, <laughs> I I like. I like Kang though as a another level of cosmic villain, uh, which I think you know. I think if you wanted to start venturing outward, you know, and splitting, you know, the Avengers and the Fantastic Four and those, uh, you know, 
those franchises up a little bit and start bringing you know making the films more like the comic books i think uh i think kang is an easy way to do that especially when you factor in stuff like the kree scroll war so i know i was told to abstain from this conversation but i ain't doing that um <laughs> and, I, and i'm actually do, not going to defend age of ultron uh what i will say is that ultron the character that we saw was created by joss whedon and if you look at like buffy the vampire slayer joss whedon really never makes villains that are outright bad. Like, he doesn't make... He makes villains that are funny. He makes villains that are goofy. He doesn't have a a, a track a good track record of making villains that are, like, evil the way Ultron is. Um, and so I think that that's why Ultron came across that way. I think in the hands of another creator, he probably wouldn't have been like that. Um... So because of that, I don't think that you can use how Ultron was was done as a reflection on what they would do in the future. Because when you look at Thanos, Thanos was great. And I think that's the new... I'm not saying Thanos is the new standard because that's going to be hard to reach. But that quality villains going forward is the new standard. I mean, the, the Phase 3 movies did have a lot of really quality villains compared to the rest of them. I mean, you had... You had uh, Ego and you had Vulture. They were both really good. Uh, Killmonger. So, well, you had Killmonger. So, you didn't even see Spider Man. So, your precious Michael Keaton was excellent in it. Well, he was. I wouldn't know. Okay, good. Uh, (laughs) Trash bag. (laughs) But yeah, so I I do feel like if Kang was were to be done, he could be done properly. Would they give him? the same type of treatment as Thanos to give him multiple appearances. I don't know if they see... Even Thanos, who I wouldn't say was a household name in 2012, not not even close, was way, way more recognizable and known than Kang is right now. So I don't know if they see him as being that kind of villain. You can tell by the look on my face. (laughs) Good audio audio content. Yeah. I don't know, though. I think you're right about that, but I like I think at this point they have a platform where like you don't really need to know the characters for them to find success with them if they handle them well. And I think I think if they you know if they do it the way we've laid it out, where he could appear in multiple things, like you could build a uh, uh, an emotional narrative for that character, especially Easy. if they go the Iron yes. Lad route. And do it, introduce us to him yep. as a hero who we like. That's interesting. Yeah, and I, I, I think. Well, um, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, John. I, no, I was just gonna say the crazy thing about Kang is that you can introduce him several yeah. ways. Like you can do Iron Lad and you know, like an evil other version of him at the same time, um, in different mm-hmm. films. And That's then have crazy. that reveal later yeah. on, and like. Yep, you know what yeah. I mean? Like I, yep. stuff like that. I think th- there there is a lot of value there, and I think to to say that it's not possible just because he's not a household name. It's like Killmonger wasn't like a super well known character either until they made a really good movie with him. And they'll if they whatever they're gonna do, they're gonna make comics of that character. So we like we got uh, in the first phase. We did get kind of a. We did get a hero turn into a villain with Tony Stark, who was the ultimate villain of the first, like, three phases of Marvel. We all know that to be true. But 
uh, this is an opportunity to really explore further, like a real falling of grace of a hero into a villain, which I think would play really well at this point. So that's a great idea. Uh, putting Iron Lad aside for a quick moment, what about these two things? And I, I know <laughs> there's going to be some pushback, but two options. One, the maestro. Who is obviously the Hulk gone oh, bad? Oh, That'd be cool. That, yeah, 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 yeah. And the the other one that is more controversial is, and I don't want this, but it, it's it's got to be put out there: Scarlet Witch. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think I think either of those either of those would be cool, and they would be a good way to explore that idea of the heroes of having a hero fall and having to have their comrades like fight them. And I would I would love to see that from an actor's perspective too. I, uh, yes, my, especially my, from uh, Elizabeth Olsen. I would love to see her go crazy. That would be dope as hell. My my pushback there, I guess, is they haven't done enough with Elizabeth Olsen for it to have as much impact. I don't think. I agree. Oh, thank you for saying that. <clears throat> we have Wandavision coming up now. Right. I have a theory about the Wandavision TV show. The WandaVision TV show takes place in the 1950s, according to all the reports that I have seen. How is that possible when neither one of them existed at that time and Vision is dead? Well, Scarlet Witch got to the height of her power at, at, at in Endgame. So, and she, she can alter reality. Really? The height of her power, like, so far in the MCU. Cool boy. What do you mean? <laughs> you, you don't agree? I mean, if that's the height of her power, she's gonna have to work a lot harder. Well, I, <laughs> like I'm so saying far. so far, that was the that was the biggest thing we've seen her do was what you know was well, shoot a Thanos. couple of bolts. She, she, she had him she dead was, to rights. She was, Are you yikes, kidding me? Yikes, she, a hoodie. Dude, she pinned down Thanos. What? So did Captain America, and he didn't have no power. No, he did not. And he was he no one was using Mjolnir. Yeah. No, no mm. one but Thor. Got as close as she did to kill well, him. Well, and uh, Captain Marvel, he needed to use the. Well, he, no, he, she didn't get close to killing him, but he needed to use the Power Stone to hit her. Which yeah, to, to which hit proves her, yeah. that she but was Scarlet Witch. He would have died if if he didn't call for that uh, order yeah. of bombardment. But my point was that if she's now got this next level, what if in her you know anger and madness she alters the reality around her to bring the vision back and have them like meet each other again in 1950 and have this great life have kids like in the comic that then get introduced into the mcu spark the start of the young avengers mm. and then lead all the way into like a house of m scenario I've- she she heard about what happened to, what happened to cap and what he did and she went shit that's a fucking good brilliant idea, idea. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that could totally work, and it could establish, like, you know, like you said, a Young Avengers thing where maybe we do get an Iron Lad and, like, a, a, a Viv or, you know, who knows? And that might make sense also, like, to tell that story episodically through yeah. the TV show also. You get you can get that bigger emotional impact. And, yeah. And, and like, lay groundwork in a way where you don't, like, it's hard to do right. that in an hour and a half movie. It's not... But you can do that over yeah, like a season. Hour-long episodes or whatever, you know. You could totally right. start laying I've, threads that actually... That's a good point, Sean, actually, because we haven't really talked or thought about how these Disney Plus shows could actually 
majorly shape elements of the MCU in significant ways. I think they're all yeah. important. I think the Scarlet Witch show establishes her psychosis. The Bucky and uh, Falcon show establishes the new Avengers. And the Loki show, if there is a multiverse, will establish the multiverse. Yep, because we know that, that now that that must be the Loki who we saw escape. Yep. That's Phil, you've been trying to jump in. Uh, I've, well, one, I've heard rumors of a Young Avengers movie, too. So there's that. And two, I don't know. The idea of tying television in with the movies has always been a risky proposition. And stu- studios are always afraid to do that. Because counting on an audience to watch a full season of television uh, in this continuity of all these movies, uh, that's asking a lot. And it's on a it's on a streaming service that no one even has yet. That's a gamble, is all I'm saying. I think you're right. But I think that if anyone in the history of Earth has ever been in a position to take a gamble like this, it's Disney and Marvel. And it's it's sure. right now, too. Especially in the aftermath of the yeah. successful landing of the first 20, you know, movies. Um you know, now it's kind of like you're in. Like you'll you'll watch it, and if you don't watch it, you'll read an article on BuzzFeed or whatever, and be caught up, and then go see the movie. Yeah, you'll eat our shit. So, uh, last questions, and then we're gonna wrap up, and let's try to be you know as brief as we can. Uh, so, first, um, do you think that we will see more integration, less? integration between the characters or about the same amount of integration between the characters about the same yeah Yeah, i think about the same i think it's still super hard to do that and make it reasonable for the actors yep that's the main thing my last question yeah my last question is do you guys have an idea of what the new Avengers team will look like. Let's put it uh, together. Captain okay. Marvel, Spider-Man, Black Panther. Whatever iteration of Cap we've got. I think probably yeah, Sam. Falcon. Yeah. Sam, yeah. Maul. Scarlet Witch. Who? Who? Maul. Um, Mr. Majestic. Apollo. Midnighter. <laughs> Oh, I oh. see. Uh, whatever shitty thing uh, Jeremy Renner turns out to be. Oh, I think he's retired. I hope so. God, it could, it could be his daughter, unless she's on a Young Avengers. Well, team. I think that's a setup. That's set up for Young Kate Avengers. Bishop. They got the yeah. TV show too. Yep, I forgot about that show, but yeah, I think that show establishes Young Avengers. Um, so we're at five for Kale's characters. I mean, I guess Spider-Man could be on the Young Avengers too, but he could also be a main team. I think he's a mainline Avenger. Yeah, he's earned he's earned his. Spot. I would. War Machine. I th- oh yeah, War Machine. I kind of see him taking more of a backseat. Kind of, kind of the way uh, people theorized uh, Tony would, not necessarily in a Nick Fury role, but it, as in maybe a uh, kind of like a Martian Manhunter role. You know, uh, coordinating and guiding more than being in the action i feel like war machine is an action-based character and that roadie is not really the sit back kind of guy and we also yeah, he's a soldier i feel like we need a power armor 
character to be on the Avengers team. Your Iron Lad. I think that's a Young Avengers thing. Yeah. What about? Uh, did you I say agree. Ant-Man? Ant. Okay. Ant Man. Oh, sure. The Wasp. Ant Man. Yeah. Ant-Man sure. Ant Man yeah. and the Wasp. I would also say probably Valkyrie. I think she's, she's gonna, on Earth. I think. Uh, yeah. She, well, but she she's might be like, there. She's on the Earth, and she's she's the leader of New Asgard. And I think Thor is going to go be with the Guardians in space. And I think I think she might take the Asgardian role on the new Avengers team. I really do. It's also not unheard of. She's been an Avenger. Yeah, you could do that. You definitely could do that. Uh, and then, I mean, that's already a pretty hefty roster. And I think that's a pretty good roster. Yeah, I mean, what's that, like seven or eight people? It, yeah, I think we're at eight. I think that that tracks for me. They might, oh. Yeah, they might introduce a new Black Widow in this new, uh, this oh, new film. I they don't. Yeah, that's I've also been hearing rumors that Namor is going to be in one of these movies in a way that the Hulk was in Ragnarok. Because they can't make a Namor movie in a way they can't make a Hulk movie, but they can introduce him as another character. Who owns the rights to Namor? Universal, just like the Hulk. That's one of those complicated ones, yeah. Huh. That's weird. Is it? I didn't know that they. I didn't know they had the rights to him for whatever reason. Yeah. Namor yeah, was Namor was really big in the nineties, man. Well, no, I know that. I just didn't know that his rights were with Universal. Yep. Yeah, uh, I thought Universal only had Hulk. Well, we all have Hulkamania, brother. <laughs> um. So yeah, I think that's a pretty good list of characters, and I would personally not. I, I'd be happy if that was the team going forward. I think we're going to get answers about the... Oh, wait. Doctor Strange, too, right? Oh, yeah. Doc- of course. Yeah. Doctor Strange, yeah. I think, has to be... Yeah. If we have to. Sure. ...on the team. <laughs> but although I will say the Doctor Strange in the Marvel Cinematic Universe doesn't feel like he's actually interested in teaming up. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's probably true. I tell, I tell you one thing that I would love to see uh, is... And, and I saw this on Twitter, and I, I apologize that I can't uh, credit whoever came up with this, but I would love to see a, a horror film with uh, Doctor Strange and the Scarlet Witch, like exploring like the magic side of uh, of the MCU and like getting oh. real deep into the shit. Dude, give me, give me, um, that's crazy. Give me that Mignola, Mike Mignola book of Doctor Doom and Doctor Strange yeah. going to hell to get Doctor Doom's mother's soul I back. That's so bad. Yeah. Um, you know, give me that. You know what else would be? Oh. 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 I'm laughing because I'm recalling that. I don't even know why I'm going to say this. I once did a podcast somewhere else where I was asked to read that book at the last minute, and I just didn't. But I still <laughs> did the podcast, and I, I like BS my way through that entire episode. Hell yeah, that's good let's shit. Make the, let's let let's <laughs> let's make that a book club and see if we can uh, all five of us just BS our way through the episode. <laughs> Sean's the only one who reads it. No, none of us do. Oh my god! But uh, now that we've got our Avengers team, I think that's a good place to wrap up. 
we're going to get answers for the slate of movies, I think, before the end of the summer. So that's definitely something to look out for, and we will be talking about that. If you at home have ideas about who you'd like to see be the villain of the next couple of phases of the MCU or what you want to see the Avengers team look like, definitely do reach out to us. There are plenty of ways that you can do that. You can catch us on social media. We are at the Comics Pals. We are at the Comics Pals wherever your podcasts are sold. Uh, That includes Spotify. If you're a Spotify user, you can catch us over there. Um, You can write to us at comicspals at gmail.com with your thoughts on this or any other episode of the show. All of those things are free to do, and they help us out a lot more than they cost you. So head on over and uh, hit all the buttons that make us look good. Let's do some plugs. Pete. Thank you guys for joining us here on another episode of The Comics Pals. If you want to connect with me on social media, I'm at loud underscore Pete on Twitter and Instagram. Come and talk to me about your theories, including one that I just thought of while Sean was doing the outro, is what if Doctor Strange and Hulk started Defenders team? Like a good one. Nah, no thanks. <laughs> hey, I, they got Silver Surfer back sounds, now. It could happen. Too. Yeah, that's that sounds rad as shit. I'd, I'd love fuck that. With that so hard. And then and then if they introduce Namor, who who's to say? I fuck me. I'm in Pete. All right. So that would be cool. Um, so let me know if you also think that would be cool. And Kale's a weenie, and hit me up on Twitter or whatever. Uh, and then if you want to hear me talk about um, Nintendo and stuff, you can go check out uh, the stuff I do over at Lupots.com, including the podcast, which is the weekly Nintendo show. Um, so go check that out, and thanks. Bye. <laughs> All right. Kale. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at TotoInto. That's T-O-T-O-I-N-T-O-W. You can find my work and my other podcasts on KaleWard.com. That's C-A-L-E-W-A-R-D.com. Uh, come find me and tell me why you would like to see Pete be the next big villain uh, at Marvel this year this year as <laughs> Black Bolt the unspeakable <laughs> uh, also don't forget to listen to Gone Global this week specifically because I talk about uh, Pokemon competitive battling and uh, it's not good that's true <laughs> All I right. agree. what but, a great plug <laughs> you mean also, the show's not good a- I'm not good. The show's oh, great. You're not good at oh, okay. competitive Pokemon oh, okay. battling. No, I'm not good. Okay. But also, Pokemon competitive battling sucks. We all know that. But also, no, you suck, Phil. That's the best way to play. Nope. Yep. Uh, message Kale about Detective Pikachu so he can just stop talking about it with us. Yeah. I'll talk about it with you, yeah. Kale. It's fine. I liked it too. No, you won't. All right. Well, you know what? Nope. You can you know find what? me you too, man. at Mr. Marco Animoto on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, and if you guys want to um, chat, I'm looking at Tilly Walden's um, book coming out in September 2019. Are you listening? Uh, her art style is really, really cool. Um, sort of pastelish and uh, and anime, like a, like a sort of manga style that is a little more animated. Um, so, yeah, talk to me about her. Awesome. And uh, Phil. Well, like I said at the top of the show, make sure you message Sean over at Pornhub.com. He's very oh active over God. there. You can find Come him. now. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, Sean Soapbox. Uh, hit him up. It'll be great. As for me, you can hit me up on Twitter and Instagram at CyborgBebop. Um, I don't know what you'd message me about, but like, you want to hit me up. That's fine. 
All right. Well, uh, as Phil is wont to do on this episode of the show, he stole my thunder. So <laughs> I uh, have nothing to say. Um, so with that, the Comics Pal signing off. Take care, guys. <laughs>